Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Another edition of Swoops World Late Night, July 1st, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going good. Got T-Bone in the house already. What's up, brother? Hey, man, it was an early day today. Because <laughs> <laughs> last time we gave, him, we, gave our, we gave his mug to somebody else. Yeah, we did. That's <laughs> <I was> right. <laughs> I'm getting there on time. I'm getting there on time, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she she me with psychology. <laughs> Our guests tonight is the Moss Brothers, and uh, we'll be chatting with them in a little bit. And uh, we got to give them a call about uh, about ten minutes from now, and have a chance to chat with them, talk to them about their music. How's your week been, fellas? It's been all right. You yeah. know, was, as we were talking about before the show started, uh, kids were in the full swing of summer, and kids asking me, "What are we doing today, Dad? What are we doing today, Dad?" Which is the most horrible words in the English language. <laughs> so, uh, been doing that, and. Uh, about it, man. Nothing else. Too much exciting. I did see that uh, that Pixar movie. Oh yeah, In and Out or something like that. <laughs> no, I don't think it's called In and Out. It would have been a whole lot more fun if it was In and Out. A whole lot more fun. Inside out. Inside out. Yeah, there you go. Outside in. Either way, uh, you know, skip it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had planned on it. I don't have little. Yeah, uh, you don't have little kids. I know. Kids, I know. Yeah. <laughs> skip it. Which is the case. Just, just in case. Just in case. Like you're there and. It's, you can't, you can't say, oh, wait, Peter said that would be a good one. No, he did not. No, he did not. He said skip it. He said skip it. <laughs> oh, it's a Jurassic it, Park it wasn't, a, it wasn't a musical, though, right? Uh, thankfully, there was no singing in it. No, yes. no, letting, no, no let it go lame, redux. No lame, frozen musical stuff. Uh, so that was probably the that was the... That was the bright spot in the whole thing. And then Lewis Black is in it. Yeah, he's funny. And he's funny. Yeah. But believe me, he does not have enough parts <laughs> he can't in that movie to carry the whole damn thing. So skip that one. Unless you have little kids, in which case... You know, he's funny. I, 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 he voices uh, anger. He does voice anger. I saw, <laughs> he does it well. <laughs> I, saw, I saw him get interviewed, and he says, you know, you know, Pixar has been on this roll. And he yeah. says... And when the first thing I thought is, goes, I'm the one that's going to fuck up the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, he's, he's hilarious, man. Uh, gosh. Well, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for that. I, I, now I, I could scratch that off my list. That's right. You don't have to worry about that one. I'll just bullet through. <laughs> How about you, T-Bone? What are you up to, bro? Oh, you know, um, Peter's got his kids to take care of. I've got the other people who you know, couldn't get off work for the summer to take care of their own kids. I took. I got their kids for the summer. So, uh, I got a little son the last the last ten days or so. But it's been tolerable. Yeah. Uh, went down to the Padres game on Sunday down at Petco. Nice. Still a terrible name for a stadium, but <laughs> nice stadium. It's a nice stadium. Yeah. Better name. They need Got better like name. these party patio kind of seats where it was just open seating, like a bunch of bar stools on a rail. Oh. And free beer and a koozie with your ticket. So, you know. Is free. that down like the left field line there? Second no, it was. It was. In left field, right underneath the big ass screen, like you could reach up and touch oh, the okay, jumbotron. Yeah. yeah, there's a little patio under there. Was that, was that nice there. out there? It was cool. Um, it seemed, always seemed like a cool little it, space. There were a bunch of home runs uh, at the game. There, all the runs got scored off of home runs, and they were all to left field. But you would have needed like a 420 foot shot to get up where <laughs> we were. So nothing, nothing that powerful. <laughs> so, uh, but it was fun anyway. You know, catching the ball game Good. down there is always nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to get down to the Angel Stadium, but uh, couldn't make it down there. Want to see some people play. Um, uh, could make it, man. So, no. Next time. I think you're uh, you're being summoned over there. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break and uh, come back and uh, get a chance to give our guys a call. You're listening to Swoops World, the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, let's say, this one from the Monster Brothers, this is called Devil's Lullaby. Back after this. I haven't thought about you since long ago. The brain, the game yesterday stays in my thoughts. You couldn't see the good in me It took you so long It's hard to be alive and free When your right is wrong And you're looking back 
I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up for at For those five caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the wall. You're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swoop Swirl. Let's give our guests a call. Good one there here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Is this Hello. Uh, is, uh, we're looking for Will and Bobby Moss of the Moss Brothers. Hey, man. This is Bobby, dude. I'm so sorry, dude. My, I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, my phone line. Uh, anyway, sorry, dude. No problem. Welcome to welcome to Swoops World. We're glad to have you on, man. Hey, thanks for having us, man. I apologize for technical difficulties. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. Now, now, now we have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting ready to head for Plan B there, man. <laughs> okay, awesome, dude. Awesome. <laughs> hey, well, hey, tell us a little bit about yourselves, man. Uh, you guys are from North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you grew up, how you got started in music. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, we just grew up in uh, North Carolina, kind of. Uh, in the Greensboro area, kind of north central North Carolina, kind of a small town laid back. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, probably when we in our teenage years, as when we really got into into music, listening to different rock records and stuff. I was like, like we were kind of exposed to it from a high school friend, and uh, he was also a, a guitar player. So we were kind of fascinated by him and. Uh, he kind of encouraged us to pick up some instruments and stuff like that, and it just kind of, kind of went from there. And uh, ever since then, we've been playing and writing, and just haven't stopped since. Wow, how'd you uh, how'd you get started writing? I mean, a lot of times, you know, we talk we talk to guests, and and you know, the, you know, like you said, somebody's encouraged them to pick up an instrument, and then they start playing, and they, you know, start following other people's music, and, and trying to you know do a lot of covers and stuff. But uh, making that step to writing your own music, uh, how how'd that come about? Yeah. Um, Probably as far far back as uh, we can remember, um, a lot of times songs and melodies and stuff would stick in my head, and then I, but I never really thought about it. And then, you know, when we picked up guitars and stuff and started playing, I don't know, it all just kind of connected, and uh, I was kind of like, you know, I think songwriting that's something something I can do, 
And uh, so I just kind of gave it a shot and just kind of kept rolling with it and fell in love with it. And uh, it was just kind of something that kind of clicked. And uh, ever since then, man, we've just, you know, been writing and and that's what we've been doing. Cool. Do you guys, uh, do you, do you, how does a partnership work? Does one write and one uh, write music or you guys kind of collaborate all together all the way around? Um, yeah, we actually... We actually both write. It's pretty much a 50-50 kind of partnership. Um, well, uh, we kind of come, you know, we'll come up with an idea and kind of bounce that off each other, you know, or vice versa. And, um, um, you know, it's, it's good, too, to kind of, you know, being brothers and that sort of thing to uh, kind of have somebody you can you can do that with and get, you know, constructive criticism and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we're both, both uh, essentially just... We're both songwriters, and just kind of, we both kind of bring it up to the table, and um, you know, once we both get a good feeling about something, we just kind of roll with it in that regard. So, well, who were your uh, uh, musical influences and the type of music you you, you came up listening to a lot? Yeah, um, well, my parents, uh, they, uh, I, I can hardly ever. I don't know, as far far back as some of my earliest earliest memories were um, you know, listening to the stuff that they they would always play either on the record player or in the car or whatever, from oldies to uh Motown to even kinda of some, some of the old school country stuff and all that and then when we got in our teenage years we were really influenced heavily by that kind of the early nineties scene, kinda of like the you know, the stuff that was coming out of Seattle, like, you know, the Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Alice in Chains, that kind of stuff really, I think the authenticity of that of the music of the time really kind of um, had a big influence on us, and it's kind of stuck with us. And then uh, also, too, uh, kind of that, I lived out in West Texas for a little while when I was uh, a little bit younger and kind of got exposed to kind of the Texas folk scene. So from guys like, um, I don't know, Robert O'Keefe and, uh, Towns Van Zandt and that sort of thing. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting mix, but kind of those two yeah. streams of influences are kind of big big on us. So yeah, nice. Um, the uh, when when you you know got together, you know you learned your instruments and, and started playing together and, and started uh, writing together. When did you start performing, doing doing things live for other people other than uh, the, you know the family? Um. Yeah, again, back to when we were teenagers, uh, the first <laughs> first gig that we ever played was the High School Talent Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and pretty much after that, um, we did that. And then a couple guys that I uh, met at a summer camp that I would work at during the summer with the uh, Salvation Army, um, uh, Kind of, we kind of formed a band about 17 years old. And uh, we just started gigging around town, around Greensboro, uh, playing charity events and all kinds of stuff. So, the the uh, you know, as far as the music scene in Greensboro, is there is there a lot of a lot of places for for uh, you know young artists to, to uh, get out there and and you know show their talent? Um, yeah, there is. Uh, we pretty much, I mean, we we really put in our dues as far as around that area and even in North Carolina. Um, we played, uh, yeah, man, we played from anywhere to any any kind of dive bar around town all the way to 
to uh, Ziggy's, which is a pretty popular rock club. Um, I think Nirvana played there a couple times. Um, so yeah, there is. There's a even at the, the time when we started, there was a pretty budding music scene, um, and it's kind of, as far as indie music and that sort of stuff, and it's and it's grown since then. Yeah. Do you find your Do you find yourselves playing? Uh, you know, gigs. You know, a lot of times. You know, we talk to talk to artists, and and uh, it seems to be like they're getting booked at places where they they're either you know leading in or following. Uh, Bands that they've played other places with, they kind of, kind of, not that not that they're normally uh, necessarily booking things together, but it just seems to be, you know, because of the scene and the places they can play, a lot of the same bands play there, and then they form, start to form friendships with those other bands. Oh yeah, um, yeah, a lot. Of, that's kind of one of the uh, great things about the music community, but a lot of it is relational. So, you know, you play one gig and meet a band or a promoter or a booking person or whatever the case is. And uh, it just kind of goes from there. You, you know, you're up with another group, you're open for them, um, vice versa, whatever the case is. So, yeah, um, and it's the same way here in Nashville as well. It's just kind of a, um, once you kind of get into the scene and, and networking and hooking up with people, of course, that's what that's really important, you know, in the music business to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really opens up a lot of doors. How are you guys? Are you guys, uh, you know, on weekly on a weekly basis uh, doing a lot of gigs? Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, especially as independent artists, there's so many so many different hats you have to wear. You know, you have to be the you know the creative the creative aspect, the business aspect, and you're out there looking for places to play. And and a lot of times you got to have a you know a regular full time job too while you're while you're trying to uh, you know get your music career going. Uh, are you guys finding uh, the ability to play a lot of gigs on a weekly basis? Yeah, and you know, of course, trying to wear all those hats. Um, we we had to take we've taken a little time off because you know we did that EP this year, and uh, of course, you know, working with Lady Like Music and stuff, and, and and working on the PR side of things and all that, and so we would kind of gig in as much, do some gigs as much as possible between that. Um, so yeah, we've kind of had to balance all that. So uh, right now, we've kind of geared up. We've got a summer kind of a mini summer tour coming up we've got some stuff booked and uh, so this summer and going into the fall we're going to be playing out a lot more um so yeah it's, it's just kind of a balancing act and trying to sometimes we can play more than uh than a, you know other other times but yeah we're always doing something and then we're we're always working on some aspect of it Excellent. of the music we uh prior to prior to getting you on we played Devil's Lullaby and we're gonna take a quick break now and play Better Days. Is there anything you want to tell us about that? Yeah, this is uh this is actually that's probably my favorite song off the EP that we uh, put out. My personal favorite. Um, yeah, Will wrote this one uh, as far as the lyrics and the main body of the song. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a great song. It's just kind of a um, just kind of a good reminder that no matter what's going on in life, there's always going to be better days ahead and just kind of maintaining hope. And, uh, you know, we hope, uh, we hope the listeners enjoy it. Excellent. Well, let's take a quick break and, uh, and listen to it. We're here. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Bobby Moss, and uh, this is called Better Days. Back after this. Put you on. <laughs>
running that's not a faucet that's a river rushing through the forest forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink what i can't hear you because of the vacuum that's not a vacuum that's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe i didn't know the trees were so amazing yep and the forest gives us shade trees to climb that's awesome let's go explore some more visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you to learn more about the forest and find one near you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council 
for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. That's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, y'all. We're the Black Whiskey Union. My name's Britt. I'm Jim. Wessie. And you're listening to Swoop's World. It's one of our favorite radio stations, so keep listening, y'all. Whoopee. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Star Radio Network here with the Moss Brothers, and uh, we're chatting with them. Uh, welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, Swoops. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you that Will is here now. He had ran off to get another, sent him to get another phone charger, but he's back, so I uh, just want to let Will Will say hey real quick. What's up, Will? Hey, hey Swoop, good to be with you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Glad to have you guys on. We, uh, you know, we 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 started off. We were, we were chatting with your brother about, uh, you know, how you guys got started and everything, and and, and the writing aspect of the of the group. But uh, give us your thoughts on, on what it was like and what's it like working with your brother, man. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty effortless. I mean, you know, I mean, we're still people, so you know, we we not see other thing, but we kind of, you know, we like the same a lot of the same types of music. Uh, we kind of inspire each other, um, and we're just really honest with each other. So it just really it makes the songwriting very worthwhile, and and you're we're always challenging each other. So it's always very motivating to keep working together, and you know it's it's really it's actually for, for the most part actually fairly pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good, man. Uh, Peter, Peter, you had a question about. Uh... Oh yeah. Uh, so I was I was wondering the question we often ask our, our artists is. Uh, you, you you gotta play live, but you gotta produce some uh, stuff in the studio. What what do you guys? Uh, how, how do you approach the studio? And uh, do you do you prefer that over uh, performing? Um, I think for us, I, I think our kind of our bread and butter is the live performance. Um, that's something we really like put a lot of effort to and really really focus on as far as uh, bringing a solid show to the to our fans and friends and stuff like that. Um, but then on the flip side, uh, the, the creative process too is something we're really all about. And we, we love going through the studio and just kind of hammering out different ideas. Um, and, uh, we, we really try to take our time with it and, and try not to rush anything if at all possible. Um, so it's kind of two different streams, but, but I'd say probably in general and overall, uh, we're definitely, we're definitely, uh, performers, and, and are definitely about the live show. When it comes to uh, this, is your is you guys are released you just released your thirty or thirty p? Am I correct? Uh, uh, we're thirty three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when when uh, when it comes to um, 
the, the, the creative process, uh, and our, if, you're, if you're producing your own, if you work with a producer and things like that, I know a lot of times, uh, you know, you'll have an, you'll have an idea, you'll put, you'll, you'll put it down, you'll work on it, and then you get to the, uh, the recording phase, and then you start tweaking it, and sometimes, uh, especially if you have somebody else helping you produce it, 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 come, it, it doesn't come out the way it started off, and sometimes people say they like that, that aspect of it, and sometimes people say they have a difficult time with that. Um, for, for both of you, how, what is that process like? Yeah, I think it, um, uh, well, we do, we do work with a guy that's out of East Nashville, and he, he works, he's a really good guy, works with a lot of indie labels and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's I think it's one of those things. The more you do, the more you kind of you can you can kind of figure that out. Like we tend to go in with a plan. Like we have a general idea of what what we want things to sound like before we even go in. Um, you know, sometimes there's times to just kind of like just go in and just see what happens. But uh, as we've as we continue to do it, and the more that we do it, and as you know, I, I guess we mature and stuff like that. Um, it's a little little easier to go in there and kind of really kind of hit around what we're trying to do um, as far as what we're going for with a particular song or whatever the case is. Um, it doesn't always turn out that way, but sometimes, you know, um, things happen and you're like, oh, wow, you know, that's I like that. Like, I didn't see that coming, but I think it's something that we can we can work with or whatever. But um, but yeah, in general, uh we kind of have an idea, even just going into it, of what what we what we have and what we what we wanted to turn out uh, turn out like. Yeah. Now, T Bone had a question, uh, it's a non music question, but based on the, the couple places you guys have been living, he he's got a, he's got a big question for you here. Now I'm a I, I have an eating problem, so <laughs> I, I just got to know where you prefer, what style of barbecue you really want, would choose. I mean, I know the Carolinas, you get a little different than uh, other parts of the country. So uh, <laughs> let's hear your barbecue thoughts. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely, you know, being from North Carolina, definitely barbecue snobs. But, you know, I've whipping out in Texas and Kansas and all that and kind of had the beef stuff out there. But <laughs> pork, barbecue, <laughs> pork, bar- pork barbecue all the way, vinegar-based sauce, all that kind of the you know, Eastern, you know, we got kind of the Eastern North Carolina sauce and the Western North Carolina sauce, which the Eastern, I think, is more the vinegar-based and the Western is more kind of the the red-based and all that. But, yeah, we're definitely, we're North Carolina boys, so, you know, pulled pork pig is that's, we like pig. Nice. <laughs> How do you feel about that Kansas City uh, barbecue sauce there, man? Uh, what do we think about it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's good. Um but I don't know. It just uh, uh, for us, the North Carolina just kind of. I feel like we kind of hold the keys to the kingdom as far as when it comes to barbecue. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that during the break, and uh, you know, we, we we had a big discussion uh, here about which 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 way to go, and uh, so it, it's interesting. I think Peter falls on the same side. I'm as you with guys. you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think the Carolina, the, the Kansas City, and even the, the Tennessee stuff. That stuff's all sweet, man. That's like sugary I, I hate that stuff but uh the carolina vinegary you know spicy not spicy but vinegary sharp flavors are are, are the way to go when it comes to barbecue all right man well and now you've got we got a consensus here <laughs> <laughs> hey we're gonna we're gonna take another break and we're gonna play the getaway tell us a little bit about that one 
that was the uh, getaway was the first um first song we kind of released off the ep uh three that we have and uh it's uh it's got a really good response and uh it's just kind of about getting away from your own limitations really you know it's just a pretty simple idea behind it I hope you guys enjoy it i'm sure we will you're listening to swoops from the talk star radio network we're here with the moss brothers this is the getaway back after this change their mind Hella blind in disguise And all you see is gray Ain't loose by the news that you choose Try not to confuse the voices in
Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live united. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This Daddy Dewdrop. Every Wednesday night. Show. Hey, hey, hey! boom Daddy Dewdrop, one hit wonder, man. He was in here a couple times, man. We had a good time with him. He's, he's a good guy. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under one one hit wonders, but uh, he's he's got a lot of music out there. Did a lot of things. We're here with the Moss Brothers, man, and then uh, getting to talk to them about their music and stuff. They've had. Uh, it's a third EP out now, and uh, they've got to start a, start a summer tour. Where, where, where are you guys going to start that tour? Um, we're actually starting in uh, Pittsburgh, North Carolina. It's right outside of Chapel Hill. Um, we're doing a Tokyo Rosenthal program out there, which is recorded live uh, with a you know studio audience, and they're syndicated and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of cool to – we're starting in our home state, and uh, – Kind of going from there and kind of just kind of hitting the southeast uh, mainly this summer. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. You're make a you stop know. out in the uh, Outer Banks and not get bit by a shark while you're out there? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've tried to work in a beach trip like for 50, tried to work so bad. We really want to go because uh, we, uh, being from North Carolina, you know, we used to go there all the time, so. Um, and we hadn't been in a while, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Is it? Is it? Uh, do you, Do you find it uh, fairly fairly easy to to uh, book book places and, and and do and do gigs and and and, uh, and travel around? Uh, you know that part of the that part of the stu- the U.S. Oh yeah, um, and we've you know in other at other times we've you know played around the southeast and stuff. But yeah, that's. It's it's one of our favorite areas of the country to play. Um, a lot of people are they're very inviting and very hospitable and that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, we love we love playing in this area. You know the the you know being being creative and regardless of what your medium is, but you know we we're talking music here. It's always great when you when you start to discover that people you know actually like what you're doing. Do you uh, do you remember the time when you when you guys were, were first doing a lot of live gigs or, or, or recording your music and starting to get some positive response? What that feeling was like? Uh, I guess the first really the first positive response I think we had was when. Um, we did like a high school. It was like we 
started learning how to play guitar and stuff when we were teenagers and did like a high school talent show or something or some kind of high school talent thing or whatever. And we did a song together and uh, it was kind of, I think we were the only act to get like a standing ovation. And uh, that was the first time I think we had ever, of course we had been kind of playing around before with friends and stuff, nothing, you know, nothing crazy, but I think that was the first time that we got, you know, uh, positive feedback and, and really thought, well, you know, maybe we should kind of keep doing this and pursue it. But that, I think at that point, that's when it kind of it became more than a, like a hobby or learning, you know, just learning an instrument or something. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I mean, you know, when, when you when you when you kind of get that and you, and you kind of you know get that feeling and you're and you're good at it and you continue to go ahead and pursue it and 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 get the responses that that's that's got to be a, a, a real gratifying. Yeah, it really is. It's a it's a hard it's almost a hard feeling to describe. But um, yeah, when you get that response from other people when they hear your music and it kind of does something to them or, or moves them in a way, and you see that and you get that response from them, it's a it, it's pretty magical, man. It's it's uh it's 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 really one of the best feelings in the world, and that's you know so that's what we we keep trying to put out music and and play for people and. And engage people in that way, um, and it's it's a big motivating factor too to keep keep knowing that whatever what we are doing, we're kind of on to something, and to kind of just keep pursuing it and keep pushing it. Uh, so the two of you guys come up with the music, come up with the lyrics. Uh, are you collaborating with others? Uh, do you bring other people in uh, to play with, say on on uh, in gigs or in the studio? Yeah, we uh, um, yeah, we had a well. As far as in the like this last EP, um, we pretty much did everything other than the drums. We had a drummer Brian Glass come in and and put drums down. He's he's a pretty amazing drummer. Been doing it for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times um, we'll do like kind of acoustic sets or whatever, where it's just you know us two. But we also have guys that will bring in you know drummers and bass players and stuff, and we'll do kind of the full band uh live show which is we actually prefer that uh probably probably the most but yeah we uh we have guys that with us and we'll bring in for live performances and stuff like that nice you know we uh we try to cover a lot tonight and and, and get a lot of information out there is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't yet had a chance to uh touch on um no, man, I think you guys have covered it. We just, we're really appreciative uh, of you guys having us on here. We we, uh, we love our fans and, and, and all the listeners and everybody that's been supporting us so far and uh, Lady Lake Entertainment um, and uh, uh, also WT Foster Guitars, our sponsor. Uh, but, yeah, everybody's been, been just amazing as far as how supportive they've been. And uh, we're just really blessed, man, and uh, just really grateful for everything that's going on. Oh, that's awesome, man! Let let everybody know your uh, your website and your and your Twitter and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, let's see. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place. I mean, we're out there if you want to find us. Uh, you can go to at Twitter uh, dot com at Moss Bros Music. We're on ReverbNation dot com slash uh, Moss Bros M O S B R O S. Um, we're uh, Facebook dot com slash Moss Bros Music. If anybody wants to pick up the EP, if you go to mossbros.bandcamp.com, you can pick up there for three bucks, and you also get a bonus track. Um, and we do have another, we do have a 
website that we're going to be releasing soon that we've uh, been working on. It's uh, It'll be mossbrothers.com, M-O-S-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S.com, and we'll be releasing that soon, so uh, just be looking out for that as well. Excellent. Hey, well, I want to thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, loving your music and, and keep uh, keep going out there and having fun, and, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you again. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we we uh, appreciate you guys taking the time out to, to talk to us. Yeah, thank you. It was good to be with you. Thanks a lot, guys. You have a great one. Thanks a lot, guys. The Moss Brothers, everybody. So check them out and uh, listen to some of their music. And uh, like I said, you can go there and, and find them and, and purchase their uh, their EP. And uh, we want to thank them for joining us. This is Michelle Mangione. What is a saint? Back after this.
on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. My name is Mary Scholes and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your mind. Well, I never meant to 
10 minutes away from Brewski's, uh, but uh, we, we just enjoyed a nice little interview with the Moss Brothers, uh, Will, and, Will and Bobby, and uh, you get a chance to check them out. That's M-O-S, yes. one S. One S, singular S, single S, yes. Good, man, thanks. You're just, you're just throwing all the good, the good stuff out there today, man. Well, I'll give, away his, mug, give, away, his, give away his mug earlier. Uh. Uh, I don't motivate that guy. How about motivate? Gotta motivate. Gotta motivate, man. <laughs> hey, real quick, I know we're going to get to a lot of this stuff uh, later on in the show, but uh, I, I, like I said last week, you know, you were saying these people were going, oh, the, 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 the women's team, they're not doing enough, or they, they, you know, they're doing this. And I said, they do enough to win, man, and they, <coughs> and they just keep on winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sure do. Yeah. Anyway. Germany was the number one ranked women's team in the world. Uh, the U.S. had a lucky break or two in the game, I guess. But you know, I, I was working, so <laughs> I take I take work off for some things. This was not one of those. It wasn't one of the ones. They won. They won two nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a solid yeah, that's score. A solid Even score. with a little bit of luck in your I think the, favor, I think the last the last solid. one came in the eighty something minute, but still, you know, two nothing, two nothing. No, right? I mean yeah. that's <laughs> one one dry draw Against, and shootouts. That's a whole other. Yeah, two exactly. nothing is. But they beat the Germans. Yes, yes, they're good, man. I, I like watching them play. They, you know, they they they're they're pretty intense. And who and won the uh, England Japan Japan game today? Japan, Japan. won two uh, one. Oh, so so. U.S. versus Japan. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it should be a good game, man. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think the, as I said before, I think our women have enough have it have enough to to take it all the way. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be good. I got to find one of those scarves. <laughs> You know, you go, only to piss you off when I remember If you go to the, the school uniform clothing store on 7th Street, you can get an American flag bandana for a dollar. Uh, you get one of those over at uh, Doughboys. That's true. <laughs> for the last uh, 50 years. Yeah. I want to get a, a scarf and give it to you. Can you just choke me with it? <laughs> Let me use it to muffle my screaming. Talk about uh, ridiculousness. I I heard today that the uh, TV land is pulling the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because a show that was made 35 years ago. That's as far as the stars on top of the car. And that's as stupid as the stuff we were talking about, like, at least six months ago, about, like, Huck Finn being banned. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's stupid for the same reasons. Not because they're in the same scope of literature. You can't, can't quite compare them from a literary perspective. But, <laughs> but, but for the same reason that exactly. what was acceptable then, you know, things change. And you have to, when you watch those TV shows, you have to, or read those books, you have to say, okay, you have to, what was going on in the contemporary times? What was relevant what was acceptable yeah. and that yeah. totally was yeah. i mean there was no fury that was i think uh, it's the most popular show for like was. five years was, or yeah. six years or something. i know i watched that i mean everybody watched every show. Show. you go to any car show across the country and you probably have a 75 percent chance of seeing a replica general lee yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. At least i had a little general lee model thing uh, <laughs> and don't forget, and yet, TV don't forget and set I, the fashion standard with those uh, Daisy Dukes. Dukes. <laughs> That's still a term. You're pulling Daisy Dukes off TV. Yeah. 
and, <laughs> and I guarantee you the TV land still plays Archie Bunker reruns. If you actually watch it, I get a little while you're like, whoa. <laughs> that would not be acceptable now. You know, anyhow. Yeah. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Silliness. Yeah. Nonsense, I say. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the words the of the PC Duke kids me every goddamn dickless around here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. So, uh, Peter, have you looked up uh, what we got coming up on Brewskies? Cause, uh, I have. We've got Hebrew. Hebrew is the name of the, of the brewery. Their drink we're having tonight is the Shebrew. And so, I don't know, should I just roll right into it? Or, or no, no, we got we two got two minutes. Little, 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 little Can't te- start before the tweet goes teaser, out. Man. Sorry, sorry, right. <laughs> so there you know. There you go. <laughs> knows the just so you know. Tweets are on a hard schedule. <laughs> just so you know, there's a bunch of chicks on the label. They're not in the normal way we like them to be. Bikinis and all that, but they're they're. Much Did you get the health news I sent you guys today? Yeah, I, yeah, I just, yeah. I wanna, yeah. I'm looking out for you, man. I'm up way ahead. <laughs> well, we, In fact, we, we set the standard that, years and years that ago. That ten minutes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I double or triple. I said quintuple on a very regular <laughs> daily basis. I might be doing ten minutes in the first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes that I wake up. You know, I'm just saying I'm, I'm ahead of you. But I do appreciate that, um, that the exercise I've been getting has been... Um, it's beneficial. Yes. And it's been scientifically proven to be so. We'll have to, we'll have to throw that story mm-hmm. out later on the show. <laughs> well, let's see here. Where's that intro? Here's the intro right here. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Road Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Start talking, boy. Well, happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show, the part where we officially drink beer. As mentioned previously, we are having Hebrews... That's the brewery. These guys are out of New York. <coughs> Imagine that. And we're uh, we're having their the name of the brewery. <coughs> excuse me. Of the actual brew is called Shebrew. Get it? Hebrew with an S. Um, and uh, this is a triple. You heard it right. A triple. IPA. Is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg? On the <laughs> with eleven percent alcohol. A hundred. And 10. Abby. 110 IBUs. And uh, for you hopheads out here, this sounds like we've not had this. Has awesome. anybody had this yet? Nope. No. We've not had this one. And uh, this, uh, you know, sounds like this could, could really add up to some badass IPA. Here's what they have to say. I'm reading right off the back of the label here. After 19 years of brewing Hebrew beer, Schmaltz Brewing joined the ranks of female brewsters around the world on International Women's Collaboration Brew Day. For those of you not familiar with what day that is, that would be March 8th. Uh, to brew our very first She Brew Triple IPA. Handcrafted by the women and female friends. And a few dudes. Some heavy lifting there probably. <laughs> of schmaltz with a seductive blend of calypso, citra, crystal, and amarillo hops. And shining bright at 11%. Alcohol, which we, which you know we love, uh, Shebrew will satisfy your desires for a truly glittering and glorious, glorious. IPA. So there you go. Nice. Some of those 
proceeds of this is going to go to the Pink Boot Society Scholarship Fund. So it's a good cause. It's got the pink label at parts, uh, pink cap, which I thought was a nice little touch. So uh, Schmaltz Brewing Company, Hebrews, Shebrew, Triple IPA. Salud. Salud. <coughs> T-Bone. That, um, that, that malt, though, um, <laughs> wow. That's a malt, for mm-hmm. sure. That's where that 11% is going to come from. Uh-huh. Uh, this is, unlike any, well, pretty much any of the IPAs that we come across on the show here, at least in terms of how how malt forward and I mean it's tasty. It's got I, I don't know how to quite describe it, but I assumed it would have a little bit of an overpowering, you know, feminist touch to it, and it kind of <laughs> does. And I like that though. So um, yeah, the chosen beer. Peter. Um. Malt forward. Uh, this is this is huge, huge malt. In fact, it's so much so that it's almost really. I, I mean, I believe them, 110 IBUs, but uh, it it almost tastes like a giant, giant, powerful like ESB pale ale like on steroids. Uh, it's it's just next level. Uh, on the malt side, not so much on the hop side. Uh, there's mop, there's hops in there. Yeah. Uh, I like it, uh, but it uh, it's it's a meal unto itself practically. Exactly. Just with that maltiness. I'm digging this beer a lot, uh, but you, you're right. It, it has a lot, it has a lot more malt than we're we're usually used to, or you, that we usually like. I, I yeah. think uh, in, in, this, in that sense. But uh, it's good. Kind of skunk, I smell. You do smell yeah. skunk. <laughs> okay. Unless uh, somebody's smoking blind <laughs> in the studio. No. This, this is a this is a this is a definitely a, a really powerful beer. It's it, it's it's you know it's I think it's balanced pretty well. Um, you don't for the amount of, you know like you said I, I, the the hops doesn't come true come through as powerful as I thought it would based on you know the numbers and everything, but it is uh, it's a, it's a good beer. It's well it's well made. I think mm-hmm. it's got a good balance and. Uh, a lot of taste, and, and it's, it's, it seems like it's thick enough to chew, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. T Bone, scale of one to ten, ten being best. I'm gonna give it a six point nine. Six point nine, Peter. I'm right there with the with the seven. And I'm about it. I'm a, I'm an eight. I'm an eight. I'm a solid eight on this, and uh, I don't think that's gonna change. Sometimes I have to give something an eight, and then as we finish, and I'm going, ah, I probably got a little too high, but I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm there tonight. Uh, you guys need no bonus points for it. I thought this is a label that. Uh, just the uh, the comedy of it. Uh, well, that was actually that far comedy. But uh, I, I thought uh, you might give it a little bonus point for the label there, man. What are you eating with this, Peter? Uh, you know, this is a meal unto itself. Yeah, as it's I like said, this is there. this is huge. Yeah. Um, this is you know, I hate when they do this when I go somewhere, you know, like those foo foo bars, 
and I order something high alcohol content. And they give it to you in a little bit. Yeah. But you know what? This is probably one that should be served in a little, yeah. you know, not the little aperitif, but not the full pint either, because this is a big... It's something, it's something between an aperitif yeah. and a snifter type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's little, what that probably thing this is. should come in. Yeah. And, and if it came in that, I'd be okay with that, because this is that kind of beer. It, it really is a giant... I mean, this could be a course all by itself, and uh, I wouldn't... I probably wouldn't try to pair this with too much in the way of food. And if I did, I would try to highlight the beer and try to find something. Uh, uh, there's these cashews that I picked up from Trader Joe's that have a cool, like, lime and wasabi flavor. Oh, I had those, yeah. Yeah, like this would go with that, you know? Like, a handful of those and this beer... Tebow, uh, Tebow, Swoop is trying out a, a, a bunt, a mini bunt. What's in there, man? Vanilla? Is it mm, vanilla, vanilla and uh, chocolate chip? That's what it looked like. I don't get a chocolate chip in here, no. no? None of these look like they have chocolate chip. No. I'm not getting that. It's a chocolate chip, isn't it? No. You got one without. You got hose, right. bro. You got hose! Anyhow. I'm not big on the chocolate How's that chip work? Anyway. How's that work with your beer? It was good. Good with the beer? I know it's good. It's good, with, it good the with the beer. It's good with the beer. <laughs> it's almost too sweet for the beer. Yeah. You know? that And that, you know, um, we've talked about beer that, that qualifies as dessert beer. Mm -hmm. This isn't quite there, but... But this is high on the sweet side to be with, matched up with that beer. Yeah, yeah. I could see you taking a blowtorch to this beer and serving it as dessert, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost there. It's uh, And that's not in a drug, because a lot of times when we, when we say that, we're, we're often being... Uh, Sort of a, that's a negative thing, but this yeah. is uh, oomph. Um, and I think you said, Swoop, that uh, this was the last beer they did a tasting of, yeah, in some some sort of a flight. And I would have to, you couldn't if you started with this beer, oh my gosh, you know where to go, you'd have nowhere to go. You'd have to really finish with something like this, I imagine, yeah. depending on what you're drinking. But for most things, this is where you'd have to end up. Uh, it's the extreme. Uh, in an IPA, it's, yeah. it's good though. I think they did a good job, but it, it it's you know got a bomber here, and if I had a whole bomber, I could drink it and then oh, I'd yeah. move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd rather share it though. Uh, yeah, as we are, because uh, this is it's that kind of a big. If I drink heavy, that whole bomber, I'm gonna lay down. All of that <laughs> might be, uh, yeah. All of that might be. Uh, we have a hot kind of humid night, yeah. so maybe yeah. if they, maybe if we're tasting this in like November, we might feel different. Uh, but tonight, this just feels heavy on the palate, heavy in the uh, in the gut, yeah. uh, but not in a bad way. Just big, yeah. big, big rather than heavy. Big. It's big. Yeah. There you have another edition of Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer Month Club. And uh, they'll send you a box of beers. Four breweries, 12 beers, that's three apiece each month. Timon! You know, I was at the beach the other day by the pier here, and there was a guy strumming his guitar up there on the pier. You know, the guy hadn't hadn't put sunscreen on in a decade plus. You know what I mean? <laughs> he looked like Jimmy Buffett had been, 
you know, kid, kidnapped by the uh, Buffalo Bill. Uh, <laughs> had, like a suit of very, very tan skin stretched over him. Uh, but he starts playing all these songs, and I'm kind of like, oh, this dude's not bad. And then he starts playing, and boys round. <laughs> and <laughs> it's cold <laughs> Love that song. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, in a few minutes, we'll be talking to our good friend and colleague Anthony Davis. You're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Star Radio Network. And uh, how about uh, the Black Marquee? This is called uh, Madness for Some. Back after this. <laughs> Got away with the woods, but only sometimes. 
Let me drive. How do you know when it's time to give up the keys? When your dog grabs your keys from your lap and your lap is on the floor. Yep, it's Jeff Foxworthy for Rad saying, when you party, be sure to designate before you celebrate. It want to make it home alive. Let me drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Please don't drink and drive. It's not fun. Psst. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. This is Carrie Wade, and you're listening to Swoop's World. Easy to constant spin. I ask as I begin to once again feel unsettled in my skin. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoop's World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Oh, yeah, about 10 minutes away from Anthony Davis. We'll, uh, we'll give him a call here in just a little bit. Uh, Peter, you were talking. Uh, what were you talking about a second ago? Talked about. Oh yeah, talking about the the family of skunks. Yeah, yeah mm. we got some skunks in the neighborhood. So, uh, and uh, they make themselves known at night uh, for the last week and a half or so. And I don't know, I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know if there's a little mating mating going on there. Mating season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, my dog has tried to. Hump one? Well, no, no. Try to attack one. She's, she's more of the attack type. She's more like, I think I would like to eat you. I feel like that's a lesson they probably learned. Yeah, quickly. well, yeah. she hasn't had to learn that, fortunately, no, uh, to, to, for me, fortunately for me, because I'm obviously the one that had to be cleaning that. Um, but it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. She has spotted them through the window and smelled them in the, in the I'm pretty sure it's the alley, and uh, she lets us know. She, she lets us know, usually before we can smell them. So uh, there, uh, there's a little family here. A little okay. family. Some of the neighbors have uh, had some close encounters. But actually, I take it back. Somebody actually did get sprayed. Uh, mm-hmm. My neighbor across the street, one over. Uh, he has a dog that he has like a little courtyard that's closed off. And apparently a baby skunk wandered into that courtyard uh, about two, three weeks ago. And his dog decided it was time to protect its turf. <laughs> Found out that that was a mistake. Yeah, sometimes you got to just let shit go, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, like, uh, uh, from what I understand, uh, baby skunks are like baby rattlesnakes. No they don't control. just spray a little bit. Yeah. They spray uh, everything. It's, it's all the way 110%. And uh, that's apparently what happened. <laughs> so his dog, his yeah. dog learned that his, 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 his dog still stinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to go camping down at San Clemente State Beach when I was in high school. And at night, we'd walk around with a cardboard box and go skunk hunting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we found one, we'd throw a cardboard box over it, and then like the... The new person on the trip had to be the one to let it out. Of the <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I bet that 
was more humane than snipe hunting. You know? Yeah. At least they're not wasting time. At least no, there's, there's an time. end game. Exactly, there's an end game. Uh, you were a scout, too. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, the game of the tenderfoots. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Okay, go ahead. Take the box off. <laughs> We're going to be way <laughs> upwind. you got to let him go. It's catch and release, bro. <laughs> it's not skunk season. <laughs> you have your skunk tags. <laughs> I don't even have a license. <laughs> Audible.com, Peter. Audible.com. So uh, check it out. If you go to audible.com, audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld and check out the 250,000 titles that they have available. Uh, If you do that and sign up, your first book's free, um, your first download's free. uh, Swoopsworld will earn a few pennies. And as we've spoken about before, there's um, 250,000 titles with tons of great talent. Um, what do you read now? Which sniper book are you on? It's not a sniper book, man. It's a it's a it's a it's a bestseller from for the last fifteen years, apparently. It's a seven Hab- seven habits of highly successful people by Stephen R. Covey. Covey, nice, nice. Uh, I just finished. I got the workbook. If you want to borrow it, oh, oh nice. Uh, I, I got. Uh, <laughs> I just finished a book today. Uh, they gave it to me at work. Still brand new. <laughs> I did one one of the activities. I used, I used post-it notes. All day. I, like, I might want to give this away to somebody who uses it more than me. So I don't want to ruin this. Uh, I finished a, a historical book. Eric Larson, the guy who does. Uh, does some cool, interesting stuff. He like finds weird things. Uh, in this particular case, uh, oh shit, garden. Can't say shit during advertisement. I know, I did. <laughs> garden. Uh, <laughs> kind of ragtag Garden of the beasts, uh, but it's all about Nazi Germany before the war, before World War Two. So it's like the rise of and the guy, the the main. And it's history, so it's it's he's telling the story of uh, the American ambassador and his family in Germany uh, from like thirty two to thirty six, so before the war actually starts. But as Hitler's Things are rising, increasingly more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and he uses all first person uh, first uh, person sources the diaries of the, of the family, and it's, it's interesting because obviously you know how it all ends, but to to. He does a good job of like. At some point, you're kind of like, "Oh, I hope, I hope somebody intervenes. I hope you're like." He does such a good job that you're like, "This could be changed. This could be changed." And you know, obviously, it can. Um, Anyhow, good book. Um, It's like me watching old Super Bowl games. (laughs) uh, Yeah, sort of like that. Uh, Well, anyhow, tons of great titles. Um, Lots of great. You know, listen as you're as you're working out or as you're traveling. Uh, I've been painting for the last week and a half, so I, I listen as I paint. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Uh, if you go that route, pick a really long book, get your first download for free, and the show will earn a few pennies. Help us out. DraftKings, man. All right, if you're one of those fantasy, uh, I hesitate to say freaks because I don't want to denigrate our audience, but you know, if you're one of those fantasy <laughs> uh, aficionados, you spend all day on RotoWire or, you know, all the different fantasy football websites, etc. You need to get yourself over to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings because you probably didn't do so hot this season. If you're on DraftKings, you can play for a day, play for a week, wipe it clean, and start again. 
And that is the MO over there at DraftKings. Not only do you do it by the week, but you can win actual money while you do it. So money. check it out. Like I said, you can go to swoopsroll.com slash DraftKings, or you can click on the DraftKings ad right there on our page, because I know you're listening right now. Check it out. For all your fitness needs, go to our good friend Jack Nunn over at Row Works Long Beach, R-O-W-R-X. He's got an indoor rowing boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. Located at 5750 Boathouse Lane, or you can reach him at www.rowworks.com, or give him a call at 562-688-1716, and let him know that Swoops Row sent you, and your first visit is free. If you're into growing uh, your own food and uh, keeping keep control of what you got there, making sure it's organic and non-GMO and such, you can do it just about anywhere with an aeroponic growing system. You can check that out on the front page of swoopsworld.com, or you can send us an email at swoopsworld at gmail.com, send you the information on it, and uh, you can also find it at gardentower.co. Check it out. We are uh, going to give AD a call in just a second. Um, real quick here, let's take one quick break and then come back and get them on the line and do that. You're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, this here is Bill Griziola, Blue Cafe. Back after this. I never set a foot in the Blue Cafe. I'm never down on my luck and all my scrapes Oh, the law I've never got it
Good evening, and we'd like to welcome our colleague and friend Anthony Davis back to the show. AD is a five-time national champion over USC in football and baseball. He's a two-time All-American, played in the NFL, the CFL, and the USFL. Welcome back to the show, brother. Good evening, gentlemen. T-Bone there with you? T-Bone's right here. <laughs> How's the meat cooking tonight, T-Bone? Uh, <laughs> it's slow going tonight. I might, I might not be quite as sharp this evening. <laughs> I heard that, T-Bone. <laughs> he kicked all our ass this week, man. Hey, man, uh, it's been a... <laughs> I heard that, T-Bone. Before we, before we jump off in, in everything, uh, I, 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 I saw something recently. There's a... a, a and I know you know about it, A.D. There's a big uh, football uh, exhibit over at the Reagan Library, and, and apparently you figure prominently in that. Uh, have you had a chance to see it, or do you know much about it? Tell us a little bit about it if you know anything about it. Yeah, I saw, you know, I mean, I, they, they, when they opened it up, uh, I was invited out, and I went up and saw it. I was only asked to did. It was an exhibit. But uh, I ran into an old colleague, an old friend, and used to cover the Dodgers, Ross Porter. He was there. And uh, I walked in and saw a lot, of, a lot of great pieces, you know. I mean, I saw the jersey that I wore in the 1922 game versus Notre Dame, probably my greatest performance in the football period. And then had many, many things up there. You know, it's a great exhibit how they put it on. I mean, they had jerseys, they had helmets, they had history. Started the game to up to the present. So it's a big display. We'll have, to, we'll have to check that out. You're, you're kind of coming in kind of low, man. If, if, uh, I don't know what, what let me, let me just make some adjustments. technology. You know how it is. You, you, is it better now? That's, That's much better, better man. There's much, much better. Right <laughs> we don't want to miss a word, man. You, you guys got, you always got plenty, of, plenty of stuff for us. We don't want to, we don't want to miss out there, brother. So uh, um, it's uh, it's more than more. It's college and pro. Is, am I, is it not? It's, it's college and pro. You know that. You know. Uh, and it, the, the exhibit goes from June. It started. It opened open up the beginning of June, and it'll go to I think January, February of 2016. That's a long exhibit. So, they're, 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 from what I understand, they're, they're expecting a lot of people from Walks Life to come in and see that. Now, of course, it's a great attraction going to the Ronald Reagan, Reagan Library. Period. But the fact that they're displaying this for the upcoming football season is a great thing. I'm glad I'm a part of it. That's 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 awesome, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it out there uh, real soon and check that out, and uh, and see what it's all about. Because uh, you know, they, they, I saw I've seen commercials about it, and you know, they, they, you, you mentioned some of the guys, some of the things that are in there. So it sounds like it's uh, pretty extensive, and look forward to uh, to checking it out. Uh, what's been happening in the world of sports this week that uh, has interested you, man? Well, I've just been glazing. I've, I've been I've been looking at you know uh, I've been anticipating, waiting to see what's going to happen with the Brady situation. Uh, I've been checking out, listening to the free agency stuff with the love thing with Cleveland, and just wanting to see what happens with LeBron James and how he figures in with the Cleveland Cavaliers after what they do. Uh, and, you know, and I've been you know listening to the stuff about you know the NFL, the NBA draft and how these guys are going to fit in. And to me. As far as I'm concerned, every draft is, is a is, is a uh, crapshoot to me anyway, on any level and stuff. So yeah. Uh, so I've been, you know I just been following that, and of course you know I, I'm getting questioned all the time how what's going to happen with USC and the Pac-12 and well, how they're going to fare nationally. 
of course, you know, I've been answering people on the street who see me and stop me, you know, what's going to go on with that? See, and I give them my honest opinion. So that's basically been what I've been doing lately. What's interesting about, uh, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, uh, the free agency thing. Um, it looks like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know LeBron and Love uh, both uh, opted out of their options but then re-signed with the team, which keeps them from having to sign a long-term tr- contract but keeps them for another year. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, contract negotiations on, on a professional sports level, uh, you know, there's so many things that go into that, making that decision. You know, I think the, those of us who haven't been in that, those types of situations, you know, you get a job, you got a, you know, got a, basically a contract, you work there for a number of years, and that's it. Um, the, the changes and, 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 and all the little things that can happen, uh, tell us the, the thought process that goes in a lot of these decisions that, that happen on things like this, especially with the free agency. Well, first of all, when you look at guys like Love, and you look at guys like them, I'm trying to give you a different, give you a contrast. Now, to me, if Love would have went to another NBA team, then he doesn't, that's no man's land for him. The fact that he signed back to Cavaliers, he knows what, 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 what their uh, product is and what they're about. They've been to the NBA Finals. So, and then he's also hearing the talk that if, if they have two pieces there with him, it's possible they could have won the championship. So he, along with LeBron James and the, and the rest of the cast, there's a lot of things you weigh in. In modern-day free agencies, I think they, they weigh, in his case, he weighs all that in because where is he going to go where he's going to fit in? He can't go to Golden State. He's not going out to – he's not coming to L.A. I mean, where is he really going to go? He's going to go to San Antonio. How is he going to fit there? Is he going to Dallas? Is he going to Chicago? No, I mean, he, he, was, he was finding his way in Cleveland. So – a lot of that stuff plays into it, especially with him. When it comes to LeBron James, uh, uh, he's just waiting to see how it's going to fit out. Because in his case, see, I look at him as an institution. You know, I, I see him with a lot of great people around him. And what a lot of people don't know about LeBron James, uh, you know, uh, and I don't know how true it is or how deep it is or how uh, sophisticated it is, Warren Buffett is a, an advisor of LeBron James, and they're really close. So I believe that we, his free agency is based on the on and off the court. Now, him going back to Cleveland, far as like I told people, that, that move wasn't based on just playing basketball. That move was based on his product off the court. You know, LeBron James is a smart guy, and he's got some smart people around him. He, he's looking at the future when his long days are over. So he's building his project like that. So his free agency is different from Love and everybody else because this guy is very smart. Uh, he's going to do a lot after basketball. And a lot, of, a lot of his free agency is based on on and off the court versus love is that he's trying to find his place, which I think he has staying in Cleveland. And a lot of that goes into like, And everybody's, everybody's reasons are different. You know, some guys want to go, hey, I want to go to a place where I know that I can play. I know some guys want to go where I'm going to get the most money, and they know that they're not going anywhere to NBA, anywhere in, in NBA finals or anything like that. And some guys just go for the money. Some people go for, for many other reasons. What kind of free love, love, love signs for I think for five years, but but if if uh, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, LeBron's is just for another one year deal. Um, I mean, he can make a decision after that. Um, but I, you know, I understand what you're saying with that. Does it does it make it difficult for teammates uh, in a situation like that? You know, you, you're talking about uh, you know you're playing with LeBron James. A lot of things can happen. Uh, you know, you're you're trying to you know figure out your career, kind of based on the you know the best the best player in the world uh, being on your team. 
Um, what does it does it kind of is kind of conflicting for you, or you just kind of have to put all your chips in that basket? You know, if I'm, you know, if if, if like I, I gave you a comparison between Love and, and LeBron, if I'm LeBron, if I'm advising LeBron, I said, look, you stay in Cleveland. Don't you even think about going anywhere else. If you can sign your dear one dear deal with the options and all that. You can do all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, I believe from what stuff I've heard is that he's there for on and off the basketball court. And all the other stuff is hyperbole and people just running their mouths and just bloviating out there and really don't know what you're talking about. But uh, and when it comes to Kevin Love's situ- situation, he's he's still building his brand. Now, if he can go stay with LeBron and he can, and he can go on and get and get be in the finals, have opportunity to be, win a championship, I think that's what he's. That's my opinion. I could be totally wrong, but I believe that's what he's looking at. But I'm just saying with LeBron, I, I, and, and if it affects anybody on, the, on on LeBron's team, so be it. You got to have your own objective why you why you gonna play for a team. And, you know, since he is the best in the world, you want to, you know, get involved, be be with a guy like that because he does make a difference when team he goes. But man, he doesn't want. I don't want to see him being a vagabond type of guy just bouncing around, bouncing around uh, from team to team. You know, I like to see him stay in Cleveland. You know, and the, and the way it happened, he went to Cleveland out of high school, Miami, then back to Cleveland. It's a great story. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and from a marketing standpoint, and from being a businessman. Uh, I'm staying in Cleveland. That's my opinion. And so, you know, now Kevin Love wants to sit there, get him a couple of, a championship or something there, then he can start really doing what he wants to do. That's my opinion. Just looking at the business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think from the business side of it, I, I don't think LeBron is leaving Cleveland. I think he's going to play the rest of his career there. But I think he's playing it smart in terms of how to work these contracts for the rest of his career, you know. Right. Why, I, why think, I think I think as a teammate, though, if it kind of and your and your contracts kind of do and like like a Kevin Love, who could probably play anywhere he wants to play. Right. You know, uh, he, well, and he I, signs on for five years. I think there's a conversation that took place that you yeah. know. I mean, you can read between the lines there and say that LeBron and Kevin Love had a conversation, and LeBron's going to leverage his contracts by keeping them short term because you know that Dan Gilbert and the Cleveland fan base are still. You know they're still paranoid and skittish about the possibility of getting jilted again. So I mean, well, he's here's not the going thing. Anywhere, he, he, but I mean, no, he, 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 here's what I believe, and here's what I believe: the psychological situation with the Cleveland Brown, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James ownership. I think first of all, ownership is definitely embarrassed based on the letter he put out. From a psychological thing, he says, "Means okay, LeBron has me." And, and Don, yeah. LeBron's going to dictate the situation yeah, from here on out. That crap about the coach and stuff—I don't believe it. Look, he earned it. Whatever you feel about him, he earned the right to come back. Okay, and they let him work it out. The problem with the problem with the Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers was, was the fact that it had some serious injuries. But in terms of the psychological effects of LeBron and ownership, he controls that situation because that guy stepped out and, and, and basically called him a guy on the run and, and, and really just. Blasted LeBron when, you know, he didn't do his part. LeBron went to, went to went to Miami. He proved out. He won two championships, finals four times. Come on, you know. So, I just think he's going to dictate the situation. Even I don't like to hear how people talk about LeBron and so, say, "Well, how he's this and he's that." No, but heck, the man shouldn't have stuck his foot foot in his mouth. And he should have done what he's supposed to have done in the first place when they had LeBron there. He was he was still one of the best players in the world when he was there the first time. Yeah. Now he is the best. So that's what I believe is happening with LeBron. With, with LeBron and the pieces that are around him, they just got to do their best. That's just the way it is. That's just that's just professional sports. You go in there and do your best. You protect yourself. You get your guaranteed money, 
and if, and if you can build your build your brand and be able to go somewhere else, good for you. When you when we talk about these uh, you know these contracts and and the, and the players and, and the things they get, um, 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 you know, so we're talking about a lot of money and stuff like that. And these guys put a lot of trust in a lot of people, and a lot of these guys, you know, are, are pretty smart guys and pretty shrewd businessmen. And yet we read we read this week that Tim Duncan uh, had twenty five million dollars uh, taken you know stolen from him from a financial advisor that he discovered. He didn't discover didn't discover till they were doing until he was going through a divorce and uh, you know doing some financial stuff going on there. I mean that is I mean that is sad to hear. I mean like, you I've heard horror stories. I've had issues like that living in my situation, but nothing of that magnitude. Uh, I mean you, you hear the stories all the time. It's the, the problem is that you have to control your own money. I mean you you know look you need first of all these guys all need to go have a business course in college. <laughs> so, you, know, you need to go get in business. Figure your deal out. If you know you're going to be a guy that's going to be those high figures, figure it out. Don't let, you know. Uh, I heard one story about uh, an ex teammate of my name, Harold Jackson, while I was the Rams. He says, Nobody counts my money. <laughs> 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 and, 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 and he was very buoyant about that. I mean, nobody counts my money. And, and, and unfortunately, I'm sad to hear about Tim Duncan, the great legend he is, the great NBA, the future Hall of Famer. But God, I mean, it seems like now you have to play another couple of years just to make that money back or just break even. I mean, he says that it, he's in good financial shape, and uh, I mean, he's actually taken a cut and paid to to, to, to give it another run uh, with the with with the team. Him, him and I believe both Tony Parker or somebody else is, is going to uh, no, not him. I think Ginobili are uh, restructuring their contract so they can uh, make make some room. Uh, he he says it's not going to really uh, affect him. Uh, obviously, he didn't know it, uh, but I find it hard to believe that uh, you know twenty five million dollars is not going to affect you. But still, um, you know he's got a well, good attitude. Well, here's the thing: in, the, depending it. on depending on what this guy did or what kind of investment it was, you know, what is the tax implications? That can he write that off? Can he write off as a loss? He'd have to try and talk with his accountant, stuff with his accountants and people about that. And depends if it's just a flat loss and he and it doesn't hurt him because I know he's probably made over three hundred million plus in his career, uh, and uh, so I'm just saying if that doesn't hurt him, I mean I'm glad for him, but it's still sad to hear to hear the stories of uh, how somebody took advantage of him. And I can tell you, this this will help a lot of ball players hearing what happened to Tim Duncan, and that and that'll resonate all across sports. Period. Hey, I don't want I don't want that to happen. Regardless, he says it's, he's okay, but they're gonna say wow. Hey man, I'm counting my own money because <laughs> I can believe you. A lot of advice is, oh man, we ain't gonna have, we ain't, we're not gonna be able to control people's money because there's gonna be some knuckleheads out there gonna do that. But I can tell you that that's gonna allow a message out to the ball players of the great Tim Duncan losing 25 minutes. Yeah, you would think so, but I think we hear these stories uh, every few. I mean, didn't I, I? I could be wrong, but I think I heard this story of Jabbar back a few years, you know, years oh, yeah, ago. Doubt, yeah. yeah, I've heard and you've heard it with, and, and the people I always hear about it with are the ones that seem to be really, really smart businessmen type, uh, and, and and it's always a, it's always a shock, uh, you know. If I, I don't think anybody'd be surprised if we heard somebody took Dennis Rodman's money, uh, but Dennis seems to spend it all himself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I think you know, I think yeah, that's true about Jabbar years ago, and I think that's when they, a lot of people say, "Who know how not true this is?" That's why he had to play longer with the with the with the with the, uh, with the Lakers, Lakers and all this kind of stuff, and stuff which you know he made up a lot of that. But the bottom line is that I think the Tim Duncan situation woke up a lot of people, and that's what I've been hearing. He woke up out of yeah, it's gonna be some knuckleheads. But I'm saying this situation woke up some people. 
and I can tell you, you know, some some guys are really really thinking hard now about, hey, you know, some I need to watch my own money. I better learn about my money. I'm telling you, and if you don't do that, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you because if, if, if that's not long, and look, Tim's not, a, and Tim's a smart guy. You know, Tim's a smart guy. I mean, but the bottom line, it doesn't matter how smart somebody can get you. The bottom line, all you said, no, I'm, I'm spending moments. Just like Oprah Winfrey told people years ago, she said, I sign all my checks. Oprah Winfrey, I sign all of my checks. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I don't care if it's $25 or $25 million. I'm signing all my checks. <laughs> and that's smart of her. That's smart of her to be that way. Great businesswoman. And that's what everybody should do. Learn about your money. Work, learn about your surroundings. Cause there's some clowns out there ready to take it all the time. True that, brother. I, uh, I you know, I, I make, I, I make no uh, bones about the fact that I, I do love a football life that's uh, shown on the NFL Network. And uh, I watched one uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, about somebody, and he, he's, he's kind of played in your era or, or just after. Uh, and I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Diesel John Riggins. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the, John you, Riggins, you, you, you something else, man. Tell us a little bit about what you remember about him. Well, well, I mean, matter of fact, I was drafted by the Jets, and we were almost in the same backfield because he was with the Jets when I was drafted. It was him and Emerson Boozer, and I remember th- talking to Joe Namath, and Joe Namath and I, we were in Washington, D.C. together in 74, and, uh, and I, just, I said, Joe, wouldn't it be something that I can end up on the same team with you? And, and lo and behold, I mean, Two months later, I'm drafted by the Jets. And to this day, I still think he has something to do with that. And John Riggins and I were almost teammates yeah. in the same backfield. Wow. And uh, and I, what I remember about Gene and John Riggins was just being a beast. I mean, he was a beast of a runner and a blocker. And it was obvious what he did in the Super Bowl years and stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and John's always, from what I know from afar, that he's sort of a loner type of a guy, but he was a hardworking guy. Yeah, this, this thing, this thing, uh, this show uh, was really, it was really pretty interesting, uh, you know, because I, I, I loved watching him play, uh, but I didn't know much about him personally. Uh, and you're right, he was I with. Didn't the... either. Go ahead. I didn't either. I mean, I just, I just knew that's what was going to happen if I went to the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> but just from afar, then you know, another guy that I played against, Joe Washington, he played with them with the Redskins in the Super Bowl. Just told me stories about how great he was as a player and stuff, but he was reclusive, you know. Yeah, they Quiet said kind of they stuff. said that you know, as far as the, he liked he liked the the team atmosphere. He he liked that, and uh, you know his teammates uh, you know talk about uh, you know he was he was a guy's guy, a team a teammate guy. But you're right, uh, you know off 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 the field and stuff. He kind of you know he's from uh, I think somewhere in Tennessee or somewhere like that, and he liked to be there in the backwoods and. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I got the state wrong. Wearing all the sure. camouflage and all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Can, uh, I think it was Kansas. But uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he. But you know, watching him play and watching, you know, he's one of these guys had deceptive speed. Uh, you know, they talked to some couple guys who played against him and said, you know, you didn't expect him uh, to outrun you, and he and he would <laughs> because yeah, he was so that, big and strong. Did. Yeah. You know, and when you, you know when he, when he played in the Super Bowl, uh, you saw that deceptive speed. You know, so. Uh, when he broke for that long one for the Super Bowl. I can't remember what, what Super Bowl it was. But uh, Washington won that Super Bowl with, uh, you know, uh, with Joe Theismann, with Joe the quarterback, and, and Joe Gibbs. And I saw him break 
off tackle. I said, wow, I never knew this man had this kind of speed. Yeah. I mean, it was like he just walked away from the defensive back. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like he just walked away from the guy. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, man, you forgot my mail. Oh, you got to catch up to me to get the mail. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, about, the, about the game these days and, and the players and, and whatnot, and and I'm sure, uh, you know, years from now, uh, you know, uh, people will be talking about, you know, this, this era of ball player. But it seems like the, you know, the, the, the era, uh, you know, from the, the 70s and 80s, uh, seems like a different, different, type of, different type of animal out there in the field, man. I think, that, you know, we saw a lot of guys, you know, we, we've spoken about the Zonkas and, and, and uh, Earl Campbells. And I know the game changes and whatnot, but it seems like uh, it was a different breed of ball player back then. Well, it's a different breed of ball player, but I'm just telling you, these breed of ball the, the, the players, in the, they, they can play today. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. These guys that can play in those still years can play today. And, and there's something about certain players that when you start talking about them, they, they can all play in today's game, you know. I mean, you might have a guy stepping so faster, but, I mean, end of the day, uh, we were raw dogs, I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, you know, you could strap the helmet on in the 70s and 80s, you – you were in a dog fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, but, but, but yet still, it, it was a different breed of player then, you know. And don't get me, you got some today, but, I mean, something, something about, like you said, the 80s and 70s and somewhat of the 90s where you had some guys that were really raw. Yeah, we, you know, there, there's names, you know, you, there's names that, are, that are, you can mention of those eras, and, 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 and people, people lean back, and, and, and you can see the, the looks on their face and the, and the stories that come up, and, and, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I mean, and, and like we talk about, you know, people talk about you, they talk about specific games and specific events. And, and, you, and I hear the same thing when people talk about like a Deacon Jones or, or Joe right. Namath and stuff like that. Right. And, and when you, and I hear people talk about, you know, people today, the, the, it's, it's kind of like encompasses, you know, their career or their season uh, and not necessarily a standout effort or an individual, uh, individual, um, uh, what do you call it? You're talking about you're talking about players who had performance for the ages. That's what you're talking right, about. Right, exactly, I mean, exactly. You mentioned certain names. Yeah, man, where was I when? I was this place when that happened, and I'll never forget that. Stuff like that. You hear people talk about where was I? Where was I when Joe Namath predicted that the beating the, the great Colts with Bubba Smith and everything, John United, he put his finger up says, and he told the whole week before the game we're going to win this game, and Broadway Joe – you know, all, all, all the, the flamboyancy of New York and, and, the, and the brashness and stuff and what he did and the way he did it and came out awesome. He wins, he beats New York. He, he beats the great Baltimore Colts. Right. And you hear stuff like that. You know, you hear about, you know, you hear about the great, the great Jim Brown, how he, how he ran over Sam Hunt going in. And then, and then also all of the different stories about Gail Sayers, how he ran six touchdowns in the mud where he's doing punt returns and punt punt returns and kickoff returns running from scrimmage. I mean, you know, stuff like that. You know, OJ's 2,000 yards. I mean, uh, and, and, I mean, it's it, it, on and on and on. So, I mean, you know, there are great moments. And those people, remember those great moments yeah. across the board. Exactly. And it seems like now, and especially the last couple of years, all those moments are negative moments. You know, we, we, we end up, you know, stuck on deflate gate or, or the Ray Rice thing or this or that. And it's, it's the negative aspect of the sport, and uh, you know, I, I, as much as I like watching, uh, you know, all the, all the things and all the championships and stuff like that, I don't remember 
I think the last memorable Super Bowl that I can think of is uh, – I, I really can't think of what was super memorable. I think the one where the guy caught the ball and he was like a, an inch short of uh, winning the game. Was that a Cowboy? No, that was Tennessee and the Rams. Tennessee and the Rams, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as like, you know, memorable moments uh, or, or highlight, you know, things like that. And I'm sure, like I said, you know, 25, 30 years from now, they'll, they'll, they'll will exist and people will talk, talk about this era. But uh, as far as I'm for, as far as for me, it seems like all that all that kind of all those kinds of moments are, 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 are you know, there's an era that's gone by. See, a lot of times, you know, with, with, with the glamour of sports and TV and entertainment today, there's a lot of hype and uh, hyperbole and stuff, unnecessary this. And when, it's, and when, you, when they talk about it as being 100% of something, it's really only 10% there. They're hyping everything. And sometimes, you know, the, the capital of what a guy is about, what he can do, ain't really what it is. I know what you're talking about. You know, and then, you know, me as a guy who played on, on all levels and knew guys who were great in all levels, I mean, I started trying to compare the, diff, the different guys from the past and even today, and, it, and they're still comparable. But a lot of these guys are just getting hyped to the point where they're not really all of that. Right. But I mean, you know, the, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm the same way. And uh, and then all you hear about now is a scandal. I mean, in, in deep scandal, and, and they and they and, you know, they perpetrate all that stuff about negative stuff, just seriously negative stuff. And that's more of the headlines than just hey, who was a pure player that could really play, yeah. you know? And then you got then you know you guys got these guys analyzing football and analyzing these players. So because what gets me, well, man, how do you know how good this guy is? You got to put the guy in the system. You got to put him on the team. He's got to be with the coach. He's got to be able to do this. And these guys are trying to project these guys out. You can't project anybody out. Now, if he's a monster in college, he's really a true monster and did some things that no one's ever done, okay, I can see that. But for you to project somebody to be something, and, and you can't project until you see it, okay? You know, you, you, you can't project certain guys, a few guys, but you can't project the masses because that first rounder, they probably they won't be as good as the fifth rounder. Right. And we've all seen that. Pete Carroll proved that with Seattle. You had cats that couldn't barely make the Canadian team go down and be a super, be part of a Super Bowl winning defense. So I mean, you can't. I don't get how you can project people out when you really haven't put a uniform on. Right. Well, it's interesting, and and uh, you know we we follow it every year, and you know we see these guys go in these early rounds, and and then uh, a couple of years later, going you know, whatever happened to so and so, but. Uh, you know, it's it's what we love. It's what we do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, now, and, but I say to guys that go on these, these the top thirty-two special football, hey, if you got guaranteed money, make sure you put it away. Yeah. You know something? Because half you ain't gonna be around. <laughs> you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna screw it up. So if you're getting that guaranteed money, you better put it away. I don't care if you if you're successful with it or you're not. If you're earning it or not, you put it away. Well. Speaking of that, I, I watched a premiere episode of a show that came on called Ballers, uh, starting uh, starring The Rock. And it's uh, it's all about a lot of a lot, you know football and guys and their money and their cars and their women and whatnot. Right. And it uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty good, good pretty good series. So I'm checking that out. I, I saw the premiere ex- episode last week and. Uh, it was good. So if you had a chance to check it out, I believe it's on. Uh, it's that's on the good. I've heard, I, I'm gonna check it out, and I've heard about. It and that's good that they're doing that. Yeah. And maybe if it, it, it could be put in, in these ball players' conscious in the real world, 
because what what they're projecting is real. Yeah. And I'm I'm telling you that that goes on the women and all this kind of stuff, the people you attract to yourself. That's what happens. A lot of these guys understand these people not coming to you because they because they you all they're coming to you because what you got in your pocket. Oh yeah, and you know it it it, it, it you got to check it out because you'll see you'll see some of that. Uh, one of the guys who just retired. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he really doesn't have anything going on, doesn't have that much money put away. He goes to a, 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 a auto dealership to apply for a job, and the guy goes, well, you know, you have any experience? And he says, no, but he goes, but I'm so-and-so. And he goes, well, who are you? He goes, well, I played offensive line for, you know, X number of years for the Miami Dolphins. And he goes, oh, okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, he ends up getting the job, but it just shows, you know, these guys, uh, you know, the, the struggles they go through. And, and, and you know, yeah, things, things, one guy gets cut because he – he gets in a fight in the club, and it's and, he, and the team just cuts him. And he, you know, he says, you know, I've done all this, I've been that, and then, so now he's begging for jobs from other teams. You know, and one guy says, I'll give you one last chance. You know, basically, you're a fuck up. You know, so right, absolutely. It's it's it's, it's uh, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely I will definitely check that. I mean, that makes sense. And I always tell guys that that I know that's going in the league and who's in the league, say, man, what are you doing? You know, just be careful. You know. Yeah. But you know. Ad, as, as always, brother, it's a it's a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, and then we'll we'll be talking with you again next week, man. Okay, okay, swoops and, and T Bone, keep cooking, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I like it rare. I like I like it well done. <laughs> that is classic Ad, right exactly, right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that one goes in the archives. Oh, All right, brother, we'll talk to you again soon, man. That's for the books. Exactly. (laughs) All right. All right, brother. Take care. Take care. Anthony Davis, everybody. You're listening to Soupster on the Talk Story Radio Network. Take a quick break. This is Douglas Coleman. Back after this. Simple. We have 
My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hello, this is Rod Stewart for Rad. Your lifestyle is your business, but when you drive drunk, you become everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be smart, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, we're the Lost Hours. And you're listening to Swoops Radio. Just take this away, my eyes are too big. Welcome back to Zeus Radio, the Talk Story Radio Network, and let me get this uh, let me get this uh, next intro down here because it is that time time for uh, you know that sound it's time for sports with T Bone's timeout or as we say it here it's T Bone's timeout. <laughs> That's it. I had to do a little air guitar on the end there. Sorry, everybody. Um, but you know what? Screw you, Peter. I'm taking it back. Happy Wednesday. Oh, he's throwing down <laughs> the gun. Officially a happy Wednesday <laughs> turf war. You know, I don't know if you're in the same stage of life as those bees out front, but <laughs> I know you own the studio. But I consider myself to be the true owner of Happy Wednesday. Yeah, there you go, man. Look at that, man. I, I mailed it to myself you know, six years ago. 
Somebody's fired up tonight. <laughs> Somebody ate their Wheaties. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, dude, I've had just a bad gut thing going for like three days now. Oh. Sucks. Monday, I was totally, you know, responsible on Sunday. I drank the ball game or whatever, but I didn't drive home. Got home early. I was not hung over on Monday morning. I was totally okay. It was hot, though, on Monday. And, like, what? about noon, 30, I could just feel myself wilting. <laughs> and then we had a late pickup, so it was, like, almost 4 o'clock. You know, kids are supposed to be gone at 3. Uh-huh. It's almost 4 o'clock. We're still waiting for this last kid to get picked up. And oh, I just, God. Super and I know what that's like. I just laid, yes, we down, do. <laughs> I just laid down on the concrete in front of the school, like, Dear God, please go home. <laughs> and I went home and I like, oh, I was just, it was. I sat in the bedroom with the air conditioner on, and it was miserable. But yeah, I haven't eaten right the last few days. I mean, like you know, like I eat. Not that I eat right normally. But <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't eaten by my standards the last couple of days. Kind of odd. I don't know. This weather's just doing stuff to me. But the ball game was so fun. something to everybody, man. <laughs> Ball game on Sunday was a good time. It's nice to get to a game in a pretty stadium every now and then. I'm actually going to the Dodgers game on Monday, uh, taking 50 kids with me. So mm. this will be less of a leisure trip and more yeah. of a business trip. Yeah, for sure. And who are they playing? The the Phillies. And I guess I didn't even know that Ryan Sandberg had been managing the Phillies. Not anymore. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I will never get to see him as the manager of the Phillies because he called it quits last week. Um, pretty interesting to see a manager. There were some good quotes that came out of that too. Right? I didn't. I didn't catch any of them. What was? What were some of the more? I, I won't get them quite right, but you know, he was yeah, just like, you know, apparently. Uh, baseball isn't played the way today that it used to be played before, and the play- players don't have quite the same intensity as we used to have in the past, or, or something along those lines. He basically just put it all. He didn't put it even on management. He put it on the players. He's like, I I hate losing. I come to win, and I was apparently I was the only one, or or there weren't enough of us <laughs> on this team. I want to ask, and that's why he resigned. I want to ask him how many times the Cubs made the playoffs while he was on. The- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still, he got heart, man. You can't blame it on him because man, that guy played his heart out. That's true. I mean, and he was a badass. He was, he was, and that was his. Uh, apparently, that was. I mean, who knows? There might have been other stuff. I didn't follow the story that deeply, but there were just enough of those quotes. I was like, it reaffirmed what I did know of him, um, and you know, we always we always talk about. The players back then were tougher. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Sandberg falls into that category. Like he was definitely one of the tougher guys. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got some guys that don't play the game quite the same way. You know, well, that's the and thing. that was his thing. So I think he may not have ever been cut out for just like management a- to begin with. Because you know nobody I, nobody was ever going to quite live up to his expectations. Kind of like Kirk Gibson, how he had all those instances where he you would run into like. Like, what the hell? Yeah. But kind of like we we're just talking to AD about. I yeah. Mean, you, know, you talk about, you, know, you talk about Sandberg and guys like that. There's a there's an era of pure grit, and and like as much as I enjoy, I still enjoy sports. I still enjoy watching these players play, and and we talk about I mean you know things every year. But uh, there's, well, there's I, like there's a there's a lack of grit. In I will take it even one step further. There's an era of pure grit, but in every era, I think. There's some player that sort of is 
the epitome of oh, grit. Yeah. And I think yeah. Ryan Sandberg in his area, yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine? You still can't, you still can't, I mean, if you, I, mean I go back to thinking about, you know, especially baseball and all these players and stuff, I still remember Pete Rose blowing Pete Rose. over. Kurt Gibson. Yeah, you know, guys you know, like that, man. Can yeah. you imagine Derek Jeter? Can you imagine playing for Derek Jeter? There is going to have to be a certain standard of effort, let alone let alone level of play, that is going to have to be met, or you're going to get your ass chewed. Oh, absolutely. Right? Uh, there's just there's just, uh, no, uh, Nolan Ryan over in Texas. I mean, that guy is. There's just those certain kinds of players, and that's Ryan's what happens. Those, when you talk about those players, that's what happens when they become coaches. That people go, they say that a lot of times those guys don't make great coaches because right. they just don't understand. People who don't give that kind of effort. Right. And I think that's what's happened with Brian Sandberg is he really probably wasn't cut out for – not, not that he doesn't have the knowledge or, you know, the, the will. I, he just couldn't deal with anybody who couldn't do that level well, and, of commitment. And maybe had he taken over the Phillies in, like, 2010 before yeah. they fell off, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think he probably could have maybe been more successful. But right. Uh, this is an organization that right now is completely lost, uh, and they have been for the, for reaching four or five years, the highest four of years. the high. I mean, you know, they had their best couple years since the Schmidt years, maybe even yeah. better, honestly. Um, yeah, I Schmidt was a, he was the same kind of guy. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why when he started crying, I know we were all like, "What the? Oh, what what was come on, guy? yeah, man up." <laughs> Yeah, that, it seems like it was at the at the bare minimum. You could say this was a poor fit, uh, and I, I, you know, I'd hate to think that it has long term negative consequences when you look at his managerial career. But it doesn't look good when you walk out in June. No, um, I mean it just doesn't. You know, sometimes you just get, when, sometimes you just get fed the hell up. Man. Yeah. I, I have only quit one job in my life, but I, I did it right, man. I took the shirt off and threw it on the floor and said, I don't need this fucking job. Yeah, when you have kids, you'll be doing that a lot. <laughs> I don't think you can resign your, your, your parents. You can't, but you can see, go, what the fuck's going on here? How many times do I have to do you'll, you'll literally tell your child, A, like, Hey, at you know twelve oh one p.m. <laughs> and at twelve oh two p.m. they've effed it up all over again. Oh, yeah. And you gotta I just explain to you not to do this shit. <laughs> fucking damn. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you'll you'll see. You'll see, dude. You'll learn. <laughs> I'm still experimenting with other people's kids. Back it's good practice. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's better. It beats carrot of sack of flour. I had my first. <laughs> Yelling of the summer today. Sure. <laughs> I was like, dude, listen, you remember two weeks ago when I didn't let you go to Knott's Berry Farm for doing this exact same <laughs> shit? You're not going to Knott's Berry Farm this week either. Well, you weren't going to Knott's Berry Farm this week. That's what you get. You go, ah, why I gotta. <laughs> Watch, watch, watch Simpsons. Watch how Homer reacts to yeah. that shit. <laughs> you, know, you know, in cartoons, I could strangle you. Yeah, exactly. Your <laughs> eyes pop out. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but the Dodgers are playing the the Phillies, who I'm assuming have an interim manager at this point. You know, um, but that. Take your kids to the Dodger game. I got 50 <laughs> he, tickets. He, he'll let you take them anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> he trusts you. My son would love it, actually. I got, my I daughter would be bored. But my son would love it. I got 50 tickets, and I think I probably only have like 30 kids who are actually going. Ah, well, and, well, we might have to work that out. Yeah, yeah, so let me know. You know, The rest of you listeners, sorry. I don't like you as much as I like Peter. <laughs> that ain't saying much. <laughs> and I ain't met your kids. <laughs> That's the big point <laughs> right there. <laughs> the one I can handle and the other one's old enough that I don't need to handle. No, he's pretty self-sufficient now. <laughs> oh, God. Baseball is really the only thing happening right now. You know, basketball's over, hockey's over. They both just had a draft. Oh, yeah, that's sporty. What? <laughs> what? Tell me that movie again. <laughs> Did they have to put, like, plastic down a, on the seats? A, we got a cougar in the stadium over here talking about it. <laughs> I still don't know what you're going to talk about. She's talking about Magic Bike XXL. It's a movie. The male stripper movie. It's, a, it's about male strippers. There's a reason I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, he, 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 did, he did used to know what was going on in the world. You know, there was uh, a time. On the drive over here, I heard a commercial for one of the Indian casinos in the area, you know, and they were talking about the different restaurants they have at the casino and the shows they have. And one of their shows is called Fifty Shades of Man or something. And it's like a male strip review, like a Chippendale knockoff show. But Chocolate chip dancer stuff? Apparently man? with the Fifty Shades of Grey twist, or at least that's the hook they used to get all these pervy old broads in there, you know? It's either Morongo or Paula. Maybe Pachanga, I don't know, you know. Somewhere within 100 miles of here. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Dick. <laughs> you can tell it's a light week in sports. <laughs> Never thought I'd get to the point of talking about male dancing review shows uh, during my sports that's what, happy, that's what happens when hockey ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you watch the new football life. I really have to yes. start stealing somebody's cable so I can watch this show. You got I, I love this show. I love it, man. Um, That's the one thing that they do good on the NFL Network. Yeah, because I've never been wild about the fact that they started taking over the, the Thursday night games and all that stuff. You know, like, put the games on on Sunday on the free TV. I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm but, with you. I'm granted, with you. Thursday night I'm going to drink beer anyway. I might as well get to watch football. Well, while I do watch it. Football. But I'd rather watch college football on a Thursday night. You know, like some team you'll never see that plays on the wrong color grass. And all that stuff. <laughs> Why is that field purple? Oh, it's Thursday. Never mind. They're called the Thunderbuckets. The, the, the John Riggins uh, thing was one of the better one of the better ones I've seen. I mean, and I've seen some good ones. I saw the, you know the, the Butkus Sayers one, and uh, yeah, I can name all. I, I watched them all, but uh, that was really good. And I don't know if it's because I always liked Riggins, but didn't know much about him personally. I mean, he. he <laughs> He 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 get he get cocktailed up and do some weird shit, you know. <laughs> he was at a uh, he was at one of those uh, big correspondent dinner things, and 
uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was there, and they knew she had to leave early. But by the time he said he said he was drinking before the the dinner, that he went to the dinner, and they tried to serve his food. He said, "Nah, I'll take I'll skip that, but I'll have uh, I'll have some more fucking." wine and scotchery and he's sitting there with the governor of Virginia and something and then Sandra Day O'Connor gets up to leave and he goes oh lighten up Sandy <laughs> he said and he said that and then he fell back and passed out right <laughs> and he goes they just let him lay there because somebody was speaking and then all the speaking and stuff went on and everything and then secret service then, it, then when it was all over all the speaking and stuff was over they helped him up and he got him and that's <laughs> they were interviewing his now wife, and she goes, she was there. And they said, well, what did you think when you saw that? Because she wasn't with him then. She goes, she goes, yeah, I've already had a lot of negative stuff. She goes, I thought, that's the kind of guy I like to get to know. <laughs> that's a badass dude. Right there. That guy knows how to party. He knows how to party, man. Yeah, it's an interesting story because his, his dad had been a you know, former Marine, and uh, his dad very was very specific about, you know, favoriting his kids and John was not the favorite. His big brother was a favorite. Big brother was a super athlete and he would always refer to his John as fatso. And cause he was a little bit heavier and stuff like that. And he said that, uh, his mom says, yeah, that's just how he, that's how he shows love. He gives her right nicknames. He goes, yeah, but his nickname is such and such. And my younger brother's nickname is such and such. His mine's fatso. Uh, so he said one of the, you know, his brother had set all these records, you know, state records and stuff like that. Well, he broke his brother's state record in the uh, in the hundred yard dash, and he says, "Yeah, he says I, he says I always like enjoyed looking up at his uh, uh, nine my nine eight next to his nine nine or something like that." And so then his brother went to play Kansas, uh, uh, Kansas State, I think, like that. And his dad's, you know, he was being recruited, and he says, "You can play anywhere you want, but you can't play Kansas because that's your brother's school." But he went there too, and uh, he turned out to be the better athlete. You know, and one of the coaches said, "I told his dad. He says your son is a great high school athlete. He's going to be a great college athlete, but your son John will be a pro athlete." And, uh, you know, and he retired. Uh, he retired uh, when he was thirty. Uh, and uh, he says, "In the following year, uh, the Joe Gibbs came to rec- get him to come back to the Redskins." And he says he opens the door, you know, at his farm or something. He goes, "I got beer in each hand." He goes, "Kids." Don't ever do a job interview with beer in your head. <laughs> <laughs> that is words to live by. So right right. Said, Unless you make John Reagan. Yeah, in which case. Goes, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. And he, says, <laughs> he says, Joe didn't want, he didn't want one, so I drank them both. And so he told him, he says, uh, he says uh, you know, okay, I'll, I'll come back. And he says, I'll come back. And he says, he goes, truth was, he goes, I was bored. And he goes, and I missed it. And so then he t- interviewed Joe, <laughs> Joe Gibson, he says, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, Oh my God! I just re, you know got this lunatic to come back. He says, but enough people like him. He says, we'll just get him back and we'll trade him for somebody good. He goes, and then I get a call like a, about you know a day or so later says I'm coming back under one under one uh, you know one stipulation a no trade no clause. <laughs> he said the reason he left the Jets is he says he says you know I left the Jets because I knew I was never going to be the guy. Joe Namath was the guy. He says yeah I understand. He says I understand. He goes but I was just Ed McMahon you know to you know to Johnny Carson uh, you know and he says I, I you know he says I, I gained a thousand yards and you know and didn't really matter because you know next year I didn't even get the ball hardly so and you know he was a blocking back and so it was, it was he was a, you know very interesting guy and the kind of guy you could go you could totally relate to and then. You know, he just likes to have fun and 
Anybody who drinks beer or two at nine in the morning is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> we can friend, hang out. It's a friend yeah. of ours. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the mafia, man. <laughs> you know, we need to we need to take a little a little a refresher break. Refresher yeah, break, that's yeah. fine. You're listening to Swoops Radio on Talk Show Radio Network, right in the, the I don't want to say the middle. We're in the uh, T Bones timeout uh, section. Yeah. We well, you never be, know. You be, just you just never like really know. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking over at the 12th man right about now. We're gonna take a quick break and come Third back. And, you know what? I tell you what, we're gonna it was never good. At we're math. gonna redo uh, Bill Griziola's uh, Blue Cafe since we cut it short before. Back after this. I'm never down on my luck. All my scripts know the law. I've never got
Your children, we say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. I'm lucky to grow up where I could be whatever I want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. What's up, guys? This is Jarrett. This is Patrick. This is David. And we are Haster, and you're listening to Swoops World Radio. Yeah, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, math. It's, it's over. <laughs> oh, by the way, though, our, our average score for the beer this evening was 7.3. That's right. We didn't have no repeating. So you went with the ninth? No, you know, I, I went for a 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was my inner 12-year-old. And also my inner 30-year-old. And 16-year-old. Oh, God. All your inners. Yeah. All uh, his inners. And a little bit of outer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Being of the male persuasion, I have the outdoor plumbing. There we go, man. See, and uh, as people are coming back to go, yeah, what are you guys talking about? This Uh, is is typical. If you're jumping in right now, welcome. Come on in the water. Wait on in. Exactly. (laughs) It's your. It's it's your. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's all you. Believe me, I know. I'm just struggling at this point. I know that cougar got you nervous over there. (laughs) Did she pass? Did we pass her through the security thing? Wand? She got wanded. Did we do that? She would like that. She would like to talk to the production staff. (laughs) That's what makes her a cougar. She wants to be wanted. Where are we at, Boner? Uh, you know what, dude? I'm, I'm going to call it. Oh, no! No, you can't come out of a commercial. You got to talk news or something. You can't come out of a commercial. For, how many times got to come out of a goddamn death notification? Uh, uptown, upbeat. Uh, all right, case case. All right. Uh, you come out of a break and then you go. Out, I'm, like, I'm done. <laughs> Our guests do it all the time. <laughs> they don't come back. I, mean, I, I could, I could talk about stuff, but it wouldn't, you know. All right, there you go. Wouldn't make any sense. Oh yeah, we can talk about that. Another edition of T I 
mention that I, I could have talked about the fact that I told some kids at work yesterday that we were taking Friday off, and you know, for the Fourth of July, we're observing it this Friday, so we're not having the program. And I might have told them, you know, go do something fun, go to the beach, go to Second Street, go to Lakewood and buy fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, uh, who was it that just brought back their safe and sane fireworks? Uh, was it Garden Grove? or uh, Garden Grove's had them the whole... Somebody hasn't had them, and they just... Huntington Beach, one of those one of those towns right around in there has... Uh, my, probably my, Westminster. My cousins that live in Garbage Grove are total pyros, and they've been blowing the whole, blowing holes in the... Legally? For, yeah. Uh, you know, they buy some stuff that's not legal, but... Well, yeah, but I mean... They got the stand right down the street at the Stater Hose. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's amazing they how much buy out the whole damn fireworks stand every year. You know it's it's amazing how much uh, that contributes to a lot of those uh, scouting and things like that. Fun, fundraising for yeah. the year. Yeah, yeah. The Boy Scouts are selling you know explosives. The Lions Club is selling explosives. Kiwanis. Yeah, I would tell my company to do it, but I figure. ISIS and selling explosives is probably a bad combination. But you'd know how to like teach everybody. Yeah. You could show them like how to do this safely. And this and is how you make it into an safe IED. and sane, right? <laughs> My company needs a new name. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anaheim. Anaheim. Anaheim brought Anaheim. back fireworks. Yeah, that's yeah. good. My yeah. God. They yeah. already have enough explosives going on over there. That's an Angel Stadium. Every damn night at Disneyland. We can hear them from here. Anaheim. used to be able to watch them from when I was living this, when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd go on the, on the roof. The roof? The roof. At the, the same time on uh, during the summer. 9.30. Yeah. And you could, see, you could see the fireworks going yeah. off. It's cool. I live close enough as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I worked there. I worked there, too. Uh, you worked at Disney? Just one summer. That explains why yeah. he's a little skittish. Just one summer. Were you Pluto or what? Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> I worked the graveyard shift. Oh, well, oh, all the weird shit goes on. My son used to work that. Crazy ass weird. He said go because my son worked security. He had to go yeah. do the. They had the clock. You hit the, the key key in uh-huh. where they were, and he said they'd be back, and those animators would make shit go. Oh yeah, yeah. We, said, we had a lunch break. We'd go yeah. discover yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we would show up. I think our shift started at eleven. The, so which means you got to get there a little earlier because you got to park and get in there. And, and so apparently one of my coworkers had found an orb on the ground near his car where he parked. Turns out that orb was an uh, uh, unexploded fire. <laughs> Guess what happened when he picked it up? It uh, went off. It went off. Oh, my many, coworker didn't did have a hand anymore. Oh. My coworker was retired. I was retired and well off. Well off, yeah. Minus a hand. Well off as you can be with Oh, you know. Unfortunately, he made the mistake of picking up with his right hand. Yeah, right handed person. Pick up strange objects with your non dominant hand. There's a good lesson to be learned. So, not surprising. Not surprising. We all had this little thing in our little paycheck. Do not pick any. Do not pick up any unidentified stuff. After the fact. Get on in here and get to work. (laughs) He's like, what's it? Uh, Well, there's a guy I went to school with, and uh, he went home one day with uh, a full set of fingers and 
came back uh, after the weekend, minus three of them, because mm. he, he was doing these things. I forgot what they called them, but it was around the 4th of July, and they would, whatever they would, they would put it in foil and roll up the foil and then light it and it would explode. But he did it on the hood of his car, and he had the foil in his car and whatever uh, weird crap that they were doing. He probably deserved yeah. it. <laughs> so the moment and, you said he did it on his own car. And then he put it rolled up. Uh, and, find find the, your the, biggest the, asshole neighbor and do your it on neighbor's your car. car. The, heat, the heat of the, you know, the hood, the summertime. The final time he rolled it up and went to pick up the lighter, boom! His fingers blew up. And it's like, wow. Chlorine in the gene pool. Hey, right there. You don't, look, we all, look, we all look, know look, somebody look. like that, right? I know too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be related to that. <laughs> No fault of my own. Uh, well, yeah, you can't. Nothing you can do I about that. I did get that. married, but. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. That, that was the first sustained burst I've heard in town so far, though. You Tonight, you mean? Yeah. Because I heard, heard a lot of, like, one or two. Last night, pop, were, pop. Last night there was, it was like a, I heard like a war zone, and for a, about a good five minutes. Just like. Those are fireworks, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell myself that yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. pat myself on the or back. Do I, need to, like, do I need to throw the sandbags It's all going to be okay. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to like go and find the places you could see all this stuff. And it was just like, fireworks. My kids have zero, zero interest. Like, really? I'm like, hey, let's go over here. And they're like, fireworks are going off. They're like, I'm like hey, the, you're missing the fireworks. And they're like... They could care less. They have, I don't understand it. They have, I mean, not that it's the most exciting thing in the world, but it's pretty cool, yeah, right? Yeah, cool. We used to go to Bluff. I, I, I ask you, my, 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 my Even friends, we've done we, that we, Dodger Stadium, they're like, yeah. they're like, they're um, like, they're like wandering away and like, can we go get a hot dog? Like, oh, the fireworks <laughs> are going off. The, I guess if you, I don't, know, I don't get it. If you were introduced to like, the iPad and crap like that at five years old, you know, or younger now, Xbox yeah. and yeah. I guess if you see that stuff, Xbox these kids have all seen now it. at such a young age. Yeah. Maybe a firework is not quite as impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it think, I'm pretty stoked that I still think it's awesome. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. a big ass. I mean, I'm not gonna drive too far, but if it's not too much I trouble, I am more than happy to like stop and check out the firework. Yeah, I'm like, with you. We came home. We came home from the Dodger game at back. As we're driving down the uh, 110, we're on the elevated, you know, part there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, look, guys, there's fireworks up ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I was watching uh, the news today, and they, were, they had a this segment where uh, the, the tech guy was talking about apps for your iPad for when you travel, right, for kids when you travel. And uh, – the weather guy, who's kind of like thinks like I do, he's like, he's, he's, like, he's like, ah, he said, we used to, he goes, we used to blow them up in the car, and we, and he goes, he'd be like, I be blue, you're red, you're, and you figure out, and every time you see a that car, your color car, that was the, like the big thing, Point. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And another, yeah, did, did, did the slug bug thing, and, and, it, and then uh, the white guy goes, I used to get my kid a book, <laughs> that was the thing. They read, they read a book, or they oh. looked, or they looked out the window. The first big road <laughs> trip we took, we drove from. California to Oklahoma to Nebraska. Chicago and back. No, no Nebraska in that trip. Uh, we made it through Nebraska oh, on that yeah, trip yeah, too, yeah. and Iowa. But um, we didn't even get 
a book that had words in it. My dad gave us fucking composition books and pencils and said, here's your journal. Write about what you see out the window. I was five. <laughs> I, Look at your vocabulary I, today. I drew, a picture, I drew a picture of those fucking dinosaurs out in Capazon, and that was it. I was like, I'm over this. <laughs> You're like, where's my iPad? They go, there's no such thing as an iPad. There will be. (laughs) There will be, damn it. This was in the backseat of the extended cab Toyota truck, too. (laughs) With my two brothers. Yeah, see, when I was traveling, there was no such thing as an extended cab. Oh, you had the the bed, right? (laughs) Which anybody can ride back We did have the camper shell, so occasionally, not that trip, but the next trip, you know, occasionally we got to rotate around who got to be in the bed of the truck instead of in the seat. Yeah, good times, good times. You know, you, you look at things that uh, over the years and how things have changed. You know, like we were talking about the, 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 the bicycle helmets and stuff like that. I didn't wear a bicycle helmet until I was an adult. There were no such animal when I was growing up, you know. The worst, the, the, the only coverage I ever got was, what, you know, the, the, the little skull caps that the Tour de France guys wore, you know. They, they sold those at the bike shop. That was a cool thing, but helmet? Nah. We were home playing football. That was about it. One of those leather ones? No, no, no. But it had it did have a fa- it had a new face mask. Screw <laughs> you, the clear plastic, <laughs> clear plastic, clear plastic one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you both, <laughs> we, had, we had plastic face masks when I was in Papua Winter. That's just because my town was like fifteen years behind the rest of the world. You had, but it was like a bar. It wasn't like the the, the plexiglass. No, yeah, it was yeah. bars. Yeah, well, we had, my pop one had. You probably had my hand me downs. We had, but I, still, I actually still have my pop one helmet. <laughs> it's got the plastic face mask thing in. So I didn't you know, chin strap and everything. Still have it. I thought it was cool and stuff. You know, I showed you know, every one of my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. What? I've got I've got my high school helmet. Still I it. I just, stole that. I just will have it. <laughs> I'll return it when they ask. Check it out longer. <laughs> it's like that uh, Seinfeld episode with the book. <laughs> Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> the Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Shit about that show that's stuck in my brain that I wish would just leave. It won't. <laughs> it won't. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I just saw that the whole series is available on Hulu now. I'm like, oh. Or you can borrow it from me. Yeah. Either way, I'm trying to avoid that because, like, I, I am on, I'm now on the last season of Mash on Netflix. Right? That's a funny show, but it's eleven fucking seasons that's long. Yeah, man. I'm now on season eleven of Mash, and that's back like, when seasons weren't like no, there were full twelve seasons, seasons uh, twelve shows. There were like, full, yeah. And it's a half hour show, but that back then meant 26 minutes of show, not like 21 minutes right like now, too. So. Yeah. That's the other thing, because my kids have been watching, uh, uh, they've really gotten into Star Trek, mm-hmm. the original. It's like, oh, this is, you watch three, it's like, each season is 30 shows. Yeah. And each show is an hour long, which means it's actually... 49 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I've seen all these. So for me, this is not, for them, they're like, woo! I'm like, for me, I'm like, fuck. You're I thought we'd be over this already. I'm done with the troubles. We just, we just started the second season. I'm like, oh my God, this is going on It was a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so if you guys, I, I, I came here about the show. I've yet to watch it. I've, and I know it's been around for a while now. And everybody talks about it. Orange is the New Black. Is that any good? 
That's all right. I mean, if there's some titties, you know, well, there's some. There's I'm, some I'm always down with some tatas. It's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, it's got a little bit of grit, not too much though. Yeah. Um, Ashley actually just started watching this other women's prison show on Netflix called Wentworth. It's about an Australian prison. Oh, so they have the funny uh, accents. So they got the accents. And down there in Butney Bay. Maybe. It sounds like somebody's traveled down, uh, down under. <laughs> might be a little bit more intense than that. It's a little more intense. So Wentworth is definitely more intense than Orange is the New Black. A little less... Because uh, the, the Orange is the New Black is written and created by the same dude that did the show Weeds. I thought a woman does the... No, the, the girl... The, the TV show was done by the guy who did Weeds. He, he borrows from this book that... The character, the main character in the show, is based off of, mm-hmm. and she's like the creative consultant. But it, it's got this guy's sense of humor in it. A lot of no, oh, I used to watch Weeds. Yeah, yeah. So it's entertaining. It's it's a little more light, but yeah, it's still it's it's still got some messed up shit. Um, so yeah, if you if you're intrigued by that, or you like you know lesbian sex or any of the, oh! any of the other things, you know, forget it then. <laughs> That's it, I'm out. <laughs> I only like lesbian sex when I'm right there in the room. <laughs> Otherwise, forget about it. <laughs> oh, God. T-Bone, you're the best. You listen to Swoops Run on the Talk Star Radio Network. We'll take a quick break and come back and wrap things up. Uh, how about a little, uh, what do you guys want? Channel 3? You want some Channel 3, man? Sure. Yeah, Blue Fourth of July. <laughs> We're going to do, uh, oh, hang on there. Slow down there, cowboy. How about uh, one more for my true friends?
time in almost every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. Switch World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And that's his uh, 1049 over here in the uh, West Coast. Pacific, Pacific time, yes, in the LBC. Hey! <laughs> we gotta play some Rillo, man. We talk about LBC, man. <laughs> Next week on our show, we have Todd and Jonathan from the Cypress Festival. They come around. Cypress Festival comes around every year, and uh, we are always a sponsor of that uh, event. And we always have somebody here, um, you know. From the festival or participate in the festival, I think we had um, we had Chris. Uh, we had a couple couple bands last year, didn't we, Peter? Yep. Uh, yeah, we've we've had quite a few people over the last few years from there. And uh, next week we have a couple of people who are involved in putting the uh, a festival on, so we had a chance to chat with them. We had the Chris Anderson group last year; they were here. They were part of the festival and. Uh, couple other bands and uh we'll look forward to talking to these guys it's a, it's a big festival here in the city of cyprus and uh we'll usually have a huge turnout and we are always happy to be a, one of the sponsors uh, that uh, participate in that any big plans for the weekends fella oh yeah it's yeah. the fourth of july weekend fourth of july. Huh? uh so my my new domicile here they uh shut down the street and have a big old party um, so I'll be participating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, you gotta, uh, you're supposed to give me my Negro pass so I can come visit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On that day, we let everybody in. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> even the Negroes. <laughs> 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 yeah, everybody's welcome. There's a certain number, I know that. If I, if I don't get here early enough, then, well, oh, there well, are some cool we've got, we've got our pill. <laughs> Some cool <laughs> I mean, we're, we're but you're on the list. So, yeah, stand here. Wait, wait. On if what leaves, you can come in. <laughs> no, really, I got a pass. <laughs> yes, but we had a couple unexpected show up. So. <laughs> Only kidding, man. Only kidding. I'm sure I'm more than welcome. T-Ball, what's happening this weekend? <laughs> uh, I'm going to head 
up to the mountains, probably see a couple of brothers on Harleys. I'm going to go to the Big Bear. Uh, yeah, see, yeah. Him, see him blow off some fireworks over the what's left of the lake. Um, hopefully not catch what's left of the forest on fire. Well, you know. If so, you'll be there to witness it. Yeah, you? hey, what a, what a way to go. You know? Put that in your journal. Oh. <laughs> File it away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Still have that stupid orange <laughs> Turns out I couldn't draw for crap. That's close to now. You're, you're, <laughs> I can do a little bit better T-Rex now than I could at five. But, I mean, you look at those things and you don't really, it's not a great model to start with. I mean, not very lifelike dinosaurs. <laughs> at least from what I've seen of, you know, Jurassic Park. <laughs> You just needed some uh, some support, man. You just needed some support behind you. You need one of those uh, what do you call those like those uh, stage moms. <laughs> a mentor. You needed yeah. a mentor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they didn't push me in the arts so no, much. No. <laughs> they didn't push you in the beer. Because <laughs> you're pretty damn good at no, that. They, they knew I had a natural genetic proclivity for that. <laughs> they tried not to push me that direction either. It's more, it's more the, the, the baseball and football thing. It turns out I wasn't good enough to go pro in those. <laughs> we all gave it our best shot, though, damn it. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. Ryan Sandberg probably wouldn't have been happy with my effort by JV baseball either. So. <laughs> you know, that's interesting, you know. You know, you talk about, you talk about we, like we were talking earlier, the the effort that a lot of these guys put in. You know, you, you see sometimes you see people with a super, you know, a shitload of talent and no effort. Oh. And, and you sit there and go, man, if I had, if I had their talent, Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and my brother told me that all the time. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I knew this guy in high school who could kick a 60-yard field goal. Seriously. Seriously. Wow. Laziest motherfucker I ever fucking met in my whole fucking life. Just lazy, just lazy. Like, and and the scouts would show up, and he just, you get that, you just see it, yeah, in his attitude. Like, it, like aloof would have been a compliment. Yeah, huge compliment. And you know, it's like, and yet effortlessly practice. It seemed effortlessly, yeah. but either way, he could consistently kick a sixty-yard field goal, and we lost games all the time by like three points. <laughs> this guy couldn't. It's just like he was indifferent. It's like. I'll kick this in practice. I'll kick it over here, and then maybe in the game I'll feel like kicking that. And he it's was weird because you you watch motherfucker I ever met. You I watch these I watch these specials or these you know documentaries on people, even some people that players that you might not even like. But you look you realize that the amount of effort and the amount of, they put into their to their craft is just you just go, you know you hear other people talk about them. I like we we talked we, not too long ago. I was watching a thing when in. They're interviewing these people about. Uh, no, I was listening to the book done by the uh, the U.S. Uh, national team goalie. Um, I forgot his name now. He played, you know, in the World Cup last year and such. And he was talking about the first time he saw uh, Ronaldo, and he and he talked about. It. He says, you know, I watched this kid, and he says, you know, people, you know, like, love him or hate him. He says, I've never seen anybody work so hard. He says, I watch. I he'd be the first one out there. He'd be the last one to leave. 
you know, at 17, and he goes, and then finally, you know, he ended up coming on our team, uh, playing on our team, uh, you know, one of the European leagues, and he says, and he was the same way, you know, five, six, seven years later. He says, and so, you know, people can talk about guys like that, whether you like them or not, the amount of effort they put in. And you, you hear the same thing about, you know, Jordan and LeBron and guys like that, you know. And they put so much time and effort into to perfecting their craft. And, and, you know, you hear people, well, who gives a crap when you're the best? Well, I think what happens to those guys, once they've done the best, they want to put distance between you know, them and the next guy. They have that. There's a certain thing inner, inner, inner something that a lot of people just don't have. And, uh, you know, you got to give them props for that, whether they're asshole jerks or not. When it comes to what they do to make a living, they're totally dedicated for it. And you, you, can't, you can't knock that, man. It's, it's true. <laughs> the, I, I the, had the, 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 uh, the, the post-it notes on the uh, <laughs> seven habits. Highly successful. Every woman does. <laughs> I see the comments, <laughs> the social media all the time. <laughs> Oh, well, we good? We're good, man. Yeah. All right, man. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you Solid. again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Words of wisdom? The actors might change, man. It could be. Words of wisdom? Ah, yeah. Don't eat the yellow snow. What's snow? <laughs> Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. <laughs> the views and opinions Peace. expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 